This is the MLW Radio Network. How are you? Happy Tuesday night and all of those other superlatives. My name is Mike Freeland. I'm joined always by my partner, my tag team partner, my brother from another mother, a man who looks better with a beard and is not balding like I am. His name is The Rit. Ritster, it's good to see you, buddy. How you been? Uh, not bad. Uh, had a great show this past weekend. Went to PPW. Man, I tell you what, they knock it out of the park every single time they have a show. Dirty Dancing was, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the most exciting events. And you and I got to do the pre-show, and uh, a lot of fun. Got to run down the card, and a hot crowd, hot crowd was there. And uh, we're going to be talking to somebody from PPW as well. Yeah, the, the crowd was electric from start to finish. If you guys want to check it out this Thursday, it'll be available on Fight. Uh, my good friend, I got to sit there and catch up with a a close personal friend, Ms. J.C. Storm. <laughs> and, and how uh, and how did that go? Oh, she welcomed me with open arms until uh, well, until I brought out. The lovely jersey that's hanging behind me. That's hanging in the background. I saw that picture on social media. Yeah, she forgot about the bet. Man. Hey, don't worry. Kate Hensler, you're next. I've got to sit there and uh, I've got to get you in a Red Sox jersey next. Hey, JC Storm even autographed it. Oh, so, she, uh, so it's an autographed jersey. Oh, wow. Look at you. Fancy schman. You know what? I know because you're such a big uh, a fan uh, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but it was. It, it had uh, a logo of the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. And it said, you know what TB and NY stands for? Too, Too bad, bad next, next year. year. So, exactly. Wow. So you got to be feeling good right now about your about your socks. The, the, the hey, Baston. Hey, next Monday, I'll be... I'll be heading all up to my uh, to my favorite city in the United States, Boston. How much money are you paying for these tickets, by the way? By the way, if, if, for people who don't know this, Ritz spends a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I'm going to be making a quote from the 1990 movie, A Pretty Woman. Okay? If you've seen this movie before, it's an obscene amount of money. How, obs- how much money is that? It's an obscene amount of money. What you told me, he told me he had seats, right, to the Red Sox game. He goes, hey, I got to upgrade. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. He's like, only cost me an additional 400 Only an additional 400 It was not. A, you're, now you're over-exaggerating. I don't know. <clears throat> I was on a bus trip. I didn't like the seats that they got us. So I went to the game time app. And I went and bought two other tickets for 60 bucks a piece. And I was right, net, right up front in the field. It's not hey, what I was told. Hey, if you, uh-huh. do, if, if you don't like 
where you're at. Go someplace that will make you happy. So if you could sit in Kevin Millar's lap and feed him cheese fries during a Red Sox game, I'm just asking, would you do it? Kevin Millar? I don't know about him. He's a sack. You got to support the sacks, right? Maybe David Ortiz. Oh, my God. Big Pappy. He can call me Big Pappy. You know what? We're not touching that at all. We are not going near that whatsoever. But but we have... Speaking of a man that spends an obscene amount of money. Yes. This man that we're going to bring in Mm -hmm. is not only a powerhouse in PPW. Yes, he is. But this man is in the gym more than you are in the refrigerator. Now, when you say that, are you, are you talking about the general audience or are you talking about me personally? No, you personally. You son of a bitch. Damn you. Why? Why do you got to freaking out me like that? I actually saw this man on, and yes, I have a cough drop in my mouth because I got some sinus issues. That's not the only thing. That's for the after hour show. Um, the Metrex, world's strongest man. I could see this guy competing. Where they carry those big, they look like bowling balls. They're like big stones. I could see him doing this. It, this man is a monster. He is a monster. It, you're gonna have to ask him about the Ryback story. It's funny. Well, if there's hey, if there's a Ryback story, you know it's gonna be a good story. But hey, enough talking to me, enough talking to you. The fans that come here to see him. The superstar. Here he is, Mr. Isaac Rule. There he is. Mr. Isaac Rule, it is so good to see you. You look fantastic. Man, and that 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 beard, as the kids would say, is on fleek, my friend. Thank you. I try. You know, good product. <laughs> you know, got to get that marketing out there. Hey, this, this man has his own sponsorship to the same place where I get my beard products. That's right. That's right. Look how good that beard looks, too. I see you got you got okay. If we're gonna go here, because people have said mine looks like it's painted on, which in my opinion's not one hundred percent inaccurate. Some of it might be slightly true. He has a ZZ top beard. Yeah. He does. Yeah. You have that. You have that. That lumberjack. It's full. It's filled out. It's it's really good. Thank you. Thank you. I did have it. It was like it was longer than Ritz at one time. And it was just out there. Like, you go Whoa. back to, like, my first promo pixel PPW. Like, the thing was huge. Like, it was probably, like, down, probably, like, to here. It was just massive. And it, I'd have to shape it, like, every week. So with so with a beard, do, do you find that it gets in the way a lot of times with, like, eating or drinking or anything? Do you feel like it, it, it starts to get annoying when it's too long or too thick? Yeah. The, when it comes to eating, the key is, is to, like, keep this trimmed. Yes. Yes. Um, now, if you get like like me, I'm a big like Pats and Geno's cheesesteak kind of guy. I like heavy cheese whiz. That's a mess. There's there's no way to prevent just cheese everywhere. You know, <laughs> or like and the, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Now wrestling coming up, training and stuff, it got in the way all the time. Really? Like, yeah. Like you'd be in a headlock. And it'd be like, fold it back up into your mouth. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, then when the face mask came, it was just, 
Yeah, because, you know, like it's either going to look like a tampon across your face. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I always wore the neck gaiters, but my beard was so big, I'd have to like put it down, pull it up, pull the the bottom up and then like shape it down. Yep. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it shorter now. And I kind of do like the like a little bit thicker, like Roman Reigns type fade on the side. He could only wish he could have a beard like you. Well, thank you, Mike. And I couldn't grow a beard until I was like 29. Really? Yeah, like everything was blotching. And like, I guess they say, you know, the more you shave, it eventually will come, you know. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm going to grow it out. Because what happened was there was a bodybuilder named Frank McGrath. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. he was. He still was a bodybuilder. And uh, he's sponsored by Animal. And he, they did this marketing thing, you know, they do like the pictures of them working out, things like that. And he was always clean shaven. Well, in this in this picture, he had a beard. I was like, guess I got to grow a beard now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll try it. You know, and I shaved like every other day. Because the last time I tried to grow it out, it was all like blotchy, you know, crappy. So I was like, well, I'm just make sure no one sees that it's crappy. And then all these years later, I was like, oh, I'm going to grow it out just see what happens and it just came in full like like it was supposed to you know i guess well it it, yes patience 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 absolutely right rit what was the name of the beard company that um the the, the stuff you use beardstruggle.com beardstruggle.com that's the stuff that uh the man the beast isaac rule uses right hey hey. hit him with a promo code rule 15 R-U-H-L-15. Guys, get your stuff. Use rule 15. And we're going to say it again. R-U-H-L-15. Get your products right now. Tell any of your friends who have a beard or are aspiring beard people that they need to get one so they can use this product because it will definitely enhance your life. Smells amazing, too. Like, it it lasts a long time. Rit will tell you. The same. The different scents. Well, well, I guess the big thing I want to kind of find out here is, you know, you're a massive guy. I mean, you're a big dude. And, and you know, wrestling, it just seems like it would work for you because you, you have that atypical, big, strong build for a wrestler. Do you feel like nowadays the wrestling has kind of changed in a way as far as going more towards the – the real skinny high flyer, you know, flippy dippy yeah. type of stuff we talk about. Yeah. How how do you feel about that when when you when you get into the ring, obviously the audience is supposed to feel like, okay, this person could literally take someone's head off. And then you got the flippy dippy stuff. Um, what is your take on that? And are you a lot more old school? I think you probably are, about having the look and the intimidation and the presence to really put forth that story that you're telling in the ring. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I was talking about this a few months ago with uh, another guy that was on the PPW roster. You know, I messaged him when I was like, dude, like, I don't know about all this anymore. You know, like, is there a place for someone like me? You know, that's 300 pounds and, you know, wrestles a more traditional style or more brutal style really is what I like to say. Um, you know, he was kind of like, no, like, there's a place for everybody, da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know, is there, 
but is there a place for storytelling yet? You know what I mean? Like a lot of it's just like spot after spot after spot. You know what I mean? Like um, I was in a seminar with D'Lo Brown where he said about, you know, like, a, why do you lock up? Like, why do we lock up? Well, because you're simulating a combative situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me, when you're doing 20 pass buys, like a bunch of flips, like that's not, that's not like a fight to me. Right. You know what I mean? It might be a Jackie Chan movie, but it's not real life. You know what I mean? So for me, like with my background before I ever came into pro wrestling, being more of a legit background, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm simulating a fight here. So this needs to look like a fight, not a dance, not some choreographed like circus show. You know what I mean? Like I should be mad at the person's across from me. I want to take their head off. You know what I mean? Like, like Lesnar. Like, I try to model my style a lot like Brock Lesnar out of the newer people that are out now. But, yeah, it it, it does get to you because you kind of think, like, well, you know, person A is doing three backflips and getting the pop of the night. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, I've had matches where I've done a Samoa drop of two people on my back in order just to get right. the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, no, you're, you're right. You 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 have those moments where you're like, hmm, should have I been doing this in the 80s? Like, I was probably born a couple, you know, decades late. I should have, you know, should have been this age in like 85. I would have been great. <laughs> you know I mean? Or like 90. I, I think it's, it's tough too because I, I feel like wrestling in a lot of ways, it goes in these fads. Meaning first it's it's it was the real big muscular guys and then it was considered – the good looking slender guys and now it's the high flyers and they went through the luchador styles in a way. And, and I feel like everybody does have their place, but I do feel like people fall in love with a certain type of style for a while and they start to not give love and appreciation for people who fill other areas or check other boxes out. And I I do think the monster can still exist. I'm a big believer in that. The monster has to exist. There has to be, the scary guy in the closet, what's hanging underneath your bed. There needs to be some intimidating force that people cannot quite put their finger on because, as you said before, what are you going to fear? If it, this is supposed to be a, a combative type of situation, and if everybody's doing Cirque du Soleil, then it really kind of takes you out of the element of good guy, bad guy. You know, right. bad guy beat up good guy. He's got to some try to build his way back up to fight the bad guy. Maybe he'll right. – Send him off. Maybe he won't. So when you got into wrestling, did you feel like it was going to be difficult to find a promoter that will allow you to be who you are? Or did you feel like I'm going to have to somehow mold myself into what a promotion wants? No. um, Like PPW is my home promotion. I was trained with PPW. Um, Anthony McKeegan, he has, he, he feels like you, like there's a place for everybody. So, you know, like coming out the gate, it was like when he saw me, he thought the same thing like you saw. Like, oh, he, he could be picking up Atlas stones and flipping trucks and, you know, stuff like that. So he, he never tried to mold my style, you know. And I got to train with Mikey Whipwreck a little bit because he was one of the trainers there when I started. 
but I trained a lot under Tommy Farah, Tommy Swain, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, he's, he's very old school, tell story, you know, things like that. You know, he's like, you're a big guy. Like you don't need to do a flip. <laughs> I mean, there's been times at class, you know, we were training, they were doing moonsaults. I'm like, I'll try it. He's like, no, you're not. You don't, you don't need to do this. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna try. It was, it was a miserable fail. You know, I ended up like, what is that? Hinging myself, scorpion, pop ribs out and stuff. But, but I was at least willing to try. You know, um, but when it comes to style, move set, things like that, they're pretty much just like, man, you know what you're good at. You know what you look like. You should be doing. Just do what you want. You know what I mean? If if you really think you need to do a top rope rana, go ahead, but you know, it really don't make sense. <laughs> right. You know, or even a leapfrog. It doesn't make sense for you to do a leapfrog or, or pass by. You know what I mean? Like you're the dude that shoulder tackles people and they fly out of the ring. So, but at the same time, you're like, hey, if you're comfortable doing it and you want to do it, do it. You know, it's pretty freedom as far as moveset with PPW. And Anthony Keegan and my trainers and things like that. So kind of going back in time here, kind of taking a step backwards here. When were you first introduced to wrestling? Was it something that was something you were interested in or you were into really as a kid growing up? Was it something yeah. you were playing in the living room? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say I was like three, four years old, you know, 1987, 88. And I say that because that's just how far my brain allows me to remember back. You know what I mean? I remember my little rocking chair beside my pap's recliner watching NWA and WCW and WWF at the time. Uh, he was a huge wrestling fan. My whole family was wrestling fans. Um, and I never stopped watching it. So, like, I've seen, like, Surfer Sting live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how far back I go. Wow. I like to use that analogy. Like, I've seen the Four Horsemen live when it was Flair, Anderson, um, I think maybe Sid Vicious was at that time. Yeah, Sid was in there. And it was before Mongo. There was another guy. I forget his name now. Uh, talking like early 90s. I know it was before Mo- Mongo was a, was a horseman. Oh, my gosh. They had a bunch of different people in there. So that would have been. Short, dark hair. Paul Roma. Yeah, Paul yeah. Roma. Yeah, it might have been Paul Roma. Yeah. So I go way back, you know. Like WrestleMania three, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like I'd say for maybe two thousand and seven, I wasn't as fate like I watched it, but I wasn't like, oh my god, like this storyline, this storyline. Maybe I'd miss a show here and there because I was doing other stuff. But as far as pay per views, I've seen every pay per view as far back as I remember. You know, back when the, you got the box with the dial. Yes. You got from your cable company, like the local yep. office drive and do all that. that that's uh, how long I've been watching. So so what was your first in love moment? Meaning like, oh my, like the moment that either you saw someone or you saw an event that was just love at first sight. Here it is. Um, it wasn't, I'm just watching it, but it really grabbed you. It was, uh, I can't remember the year, but it was like, it was the Rockers against, you know, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yep. And they were facing um, some horrible names. He was a real big dude, 
he wore like the blue outfit, had like the Hakeem, uh, the Twin Towers. Hakeem. Was it Hakeem, big boss man? Hakeem and boss. Yeah, man. yeah. And I remember like yelling at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> As a little kid, and I had like all my action figures and stuff like that. You know, that match was really influential. That one, looking back though, like WrestleMania six, Hogan and Warrior. I will, <laughs> you know, I, there will never be a match where I was so emotionally invested mm -hmm. in that match. You know, I mean, of course, like once you're doing it, you see everything different. Right. But through like my whole watching as a fan, that was, you know, that was the match. And it always was the match to this day where I'm like, that was my favorite match as a fan of all time. Because you, it's Superman people, versus Batman. Who do you root it, it absolutely was. It was the perfect setup. And a lot of people said babyface versus babyface wasn't really going to work. But you know what? It did because they were so beloved and, and you nailed it right on there. It was Superman versus Batman. It was it was your hero versus their hero. It was two worlds colliding and it was this cosmic event that, you know, if you weren't there and the cover of the VHS was yes. insane. Had the mountains in the background and it had oh, these Oh my the, gosh. Yep. God Where bless Coliseum video. Yep. Hogan was ripping the shirt off. Gosh. I may have that VHS actually. I actually do have it. Nice. I think I, I might I have a couple old ones that I got, you know, yard sales, like <laughs> Goodwills and stuff, you know. I might see like, oh I gotta have that, you know. But yeah, that's my favorite of all time. Match. So you're watching it as a kid, you're enjoying it, you're having a good time, and then as time goes by, is it the typical, hey, I'm doing sports, I'm finding girls, I'm doing other stuff. All of a sudden, you start dividing your interests, and then you come back, right? Yeah. The comeback, right? <laughs> yeah. when, the when the ladies aren't treating you quite well, when the sports yeah. end, you know what's always there? It's your mistress. It's wrestling. It's the thing mm -hmm. that you can always go back to. So exactly. when did you, after you left, what, what did you come back to? What was the, the first thing that you remember when you got back into it? Well, the first thing when I got into like super, super heavy was uh, Willow the Wisp, Jeff Hardy and TNA. Wow. And that I is very interesting. That, that is my favorite gimmick of all time. It was <clears throat> whatever night they were on. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, TNA is on. Because I didn't watch it like super faithfully, TNA. I was like, oh, yeah, that's all. Okay, stop. And it was the very first uh, Willow vignette came on. And I was like, what is this? Because I didn't know nothing about, like, the Willow pass with Jeff Hardy right. at that time. And I was like, man, like, the, I was hooked on that character immediately. And then I watched every week <laughs> just to see the vignettes. Like, bought the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, saw, you know, for the debut off the top of the cage. I don't know if you've seen that match or not. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that character like rehooked me hard in the wrestling. Wow. Like Cena, Cena kept me interested over the years. But Willow was like, th that character brought me like all in full bore. That is over. awesome. It, wow. It's a rare thing. Like people say, what was your favorite character? And I'm like, Willow. <laughs> They're like, what? But but that is so unique, but I love the way that you described it because I didn't think about it. 
But now that I look back, the the way he introduced Willow, and I guess there's been reports now that um, he wants to bring that back in WWE now. So I think for for hardcore Willow fans like you, I think that would just be just awesome to have that come back and be you know pumped yeah. back into the into the mix. I would be so excited. Like I would not miss a second. I would probably be rewatching vignettes. You know that that character just did it for me. Like the umbrella, the entrance. It. I just hate the way TNA booked it. You know, like at first he came in crazy, didn't care if he got disqualified. Okay, kind of get it. But then it was just poor, weak booking after that, just to bring back regular Jeff Hardy. And I was like, this makes no sense. Agreed. Because imagine so- if you would have, like, like broken Jeff Hardy was cool, but imagine if you would have had broken Matt Hardy with Willow. Ooh, that would have been a really good combination. Yeah. Like, that would have been off the rails. Interesting. With that. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the obsolete thing was cool. I actually will listen to Jeff Hardy's, like, obsolete song when I'm working out sometimes. <laughs> but I listen to the Willow entrance music more. And I just think the Willow character is way more dynamic. So, so when was your first uh, time you got a glimpse of ECW? Mm, I was 12. I know that I was 12. I was in seventh uh, grade. So that would have been like 95, 96-ish, something like that. Um, the two guys from ECW that had me hooked was uh, Sandman and New Jack. They were my guys. Big New Jack fan. Um, Tommy Dreamer was okay. Like I liked RVD. Who didn't like RVD? You know, but... Sandman, like, coming through the crowd and the way they would sing, you know, that, that to me, I think, is the best entrance ever wrestling with Sandman. Easily the most over entrance, you know. That, uh, I always love that. Uh, I was down at Pro Wrestling Unplugged when the Sandman uh, was did there, and, like, he came in, did the whole complete entrance, ended right next to me and my buddy because we sat front row, and, awesome. like, it was just amazing nice see i i never got to see sandman i've shared the locker room with rvd already and i think i saw him on a wwe show like a house show back when he was with them but i never got to see sandman or new jack like the two guys like the most i never got to see (laughs) live in person which kind of sucks but you know, so I, I don't know if you had if you had the network or do you have Peacock now where you can. Yeah. Um, so going back and seeing some of these ECW things, what would you say? What was it that drew you to Sandman? Was there and we know the the entrance was awesome and whatnot, but was there anything else that you you looked at the character and you thought, man, this is just so well done? Was it just the fact that he was just drunk and didn't give a shit and he just was willing to swing from his heels? He was every yeah. man's man. Right. It was like the every man's man. Like he was, you know, growing up in like a blue collar family. Uh, to me, he was, I may get some heat for this. He was Austin before there was an Austin. You know what I mean? Like. Good call on that know, one. He, he looked like the dude that would like go drinking right after work on payday. Like spend yep. his check. Like the whole paycheck. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's my guy right there. <laughs> you know, just he looked like a normal dude, you know, like. 
bodybuilder pants, ripped up shirt. You know, he wasn't, he didn't need to have like a thousand dollar singlet. You know what I mean? Like you think about it, a lot of guys back in those days had to have like fancy gear. And it was like him and Justin Credit, like all the ECW guys, a lot of them didn't have fancy gear, but they could get over without it. Right. You know? Well, and, I, I- and it actually worked because it was it was part of the nostalgia of what ECW was. It was supposed to be this underground fight world that was people that were just like people in the audience. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, like I remember the first ECW. I don't and again. I don't remember what what the title of it was or anything. But like the fans were throwing like frying pans into the ring and like toasters. And I'm like, what is this? And, and I think there was a. <laughs> I think it was. I think New Jack had a staple gun match, and I'm like, "What? This is the greatest thing ever!" <laughs> you know, because you know, like at that time, I it was kind of out the kayfabe side of it. But then you're seeing this. I'm like, these dudes are really trying to like hurt each other. Like this, this is legit. <laughs> you know, like it was that one thing. Like, like no way is one guy going to let another guy hit him with a staple gun. <laughs> the thing that 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 Jerry would has often told me in conversations, he goes, they definitely would lay it in, and they would tell you to lay it in. I mean, lay it in to make it look good because mm-hmm. this is what we're known for. Because yeah. if they noticed that you were not, um, they would chant at you, they would scream at you, and so Jerry was like, "Hey, one in Rome, baby, you got to do it." Yeah, and you know it's crazy, like. I, I worked with Mikey Whipwreck a little bit. He's like the safest striker I ever worked with. You know, he could throw a punch. It would look completely amazing. And it would be like getting your nose flicked. Right. I mean, but yet like ECW was so wild. But see, I would say that would, that makes what they did even more amazing than WWE and WCW because they took exactly the vision you had this confrontation to bring things full circle to our original conversation, Mm -hmm. make it, make it look like a confrontation, make it look brutal, make it look like a fight, but yet they're so talented in the way they do it, that they're safe with each other, but you wouldn't know any different. Yep. Yeah. That, that is like when I think of wrestling and not every match has to have kendo sticks and bats and chairs, you know, but it should be more, portrayed as more of a legit combative thing, you know, whether it's through story or now, you know, on the Indies, you have a lot of just exhibition matches that bookers throw together and there's no story. Right. Well, you know what? A lot of fights on the UFC fight card, there's no story either. No. You know, so you can still have it look that way. You know what I mean? You can still have a heel that, that that doesn't have to be a chicken shit heel. You know, just a bully or just someone who's mad at the world for whatever reason. You know, battle lasting across the ring like we're fighting now. <laughs> you know, that's what I always say. We are fighting now at this point. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be an arm drag and a wrist lock. You know, collar elbow, you know, international. <laughs> you know, let's let's make this look like a fight. Whether if I'm the heel, I come across you and jump you from behind. And now we're fine. You know what I mean? There's so many ways to get into it. You don't. You don't need to have all this like sport wrestling. 
it's fun to watch. It has its place. It's just not what I'm inter interested in, you know. I'm with you 100%. Well, well Isaac, uh, I already know the story. But uh, well, why don't you tell everybody how, you know, you got – like made the decision to, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm going to train. I'm going to become, you know, a professional wrestler. Is this the Ryback story? Oh no, no, no. The, okay, the, I was gonna say, Ryback, you mentioned Ryback. So oh, no, no, no. The, the, this is just, you know, what clicked in your mind. Finally, uh, you know, I go to all these shows, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I got a good repertoire. Let's, uh, let's try this out. Well, you know, it, it originally started at WXW in Allentown. Um, I went there to see a show. I heard about it. I, I knew the, like the Wild Samoan Academy existed. It was like an hour and a half from me. And uh, I said, oh, there was a guy that was going to be on the show. I knew. He had me go down. Asked me to come see it. He was like, all right. I walk in. Sam was sitting at the table. All right. I'm back. So Sam was sitting at the table and he looks up at me. He's like, why are you starting, brother? I'm like, wow. What? Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just here to see the show, you know? And Lance, his kid was there. He's like, no, I don't think you understand. He wants to know when you're going to start training. And I'm like, oh, no, no. You know, at that time I'm like 34, 35. I'm like, I'm an old man. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> and, uh, no, brother, you got it all. You got it all. So, okay, you know, whatever. Watch the show, and I'm I was going there, and I started going to PBW, and a lot of the names that PBW would bring in were always like, "Man, like, are you are you on the show? Like, why are you in the line for meet and greet? Like, I'll be backstage. Like, you don't need to." I'm like, "No, I'm here to see the show," you know, and um, like Boogeyman, for instance, like. I was in line, paid for the meet and greet, went and took a picture with him, you know, did the normal fan thing. And he's like, hey, brother, can I get a picture with you? He's like, you're a monster. You're jacked. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we did this, like, real cool, like, face-off picture. And uh, he started following me on Twitter and, like, everything. I was like, okay, it's really cool, you know. But what really did it was, like, the last straw was D'Lo Brown. When... Uh, Again, PBW had him in. I was standing in line. I went up to him. He's like, he's like, you want the show? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm just here to meet you. <laughs> you know, thanks for coming. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you need to start making money off that million dollar body here. It's like, you're on the wrong side of the guardrail. You need to get over here. Like, you need to start doing this. And then that was when I really started, like, okay, I, I, I got to do this now. And that I actually was in talks with Samu at WXW. And then um, Anthony McKeegan, owner of PPW, one day, uh, Mike Orlando, who was my favorite wrestler at PPW, uh, still is one of my favorite, very good friend of mine. He's like a mentor to me now. Um, he was hurt and he was coming back. And uh, Tony was like, hey, come here. It's like, all right. So I walk over to him, like, what's up, dude? Because I never really talked to Anthony that much. I always talked to Paul Bo. I bought all my tickets through Paul, things like that. He's like, your boy's coming back tonight, but don't tell nobody. It's like, okay. 
what are you talking about? Like, who's my boy? <laughs> you know, I, it's not like I go drinking with anybody here or anything. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Mike's coming back, but don't tell nobody. So, all right, it's cool. I won't tell nobody. So, I, I'm there watching, and Raven was the guy on the card, like the name on the card that night. I'm sitting there, first row. Raven's in the ring. And then all of a sudden, they start playing, like, Raven's music in the match. I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Then it switched to, like, the ECW theme music. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm like, I'm like going back to my memory bank, like, did this happen in ECW? I'm like, I kind of think it did. Whatever. Then all of a sudden, I hear a chair bang, and it's Mike Orlando all the way up to the top of the bleachers. I'm like, oh, this is how they're bringing them back. Next thing you know, the fire alarm starts going off in the building. And it was like perfectly timed. I'm like, they're calling out all the, all the stops on this. You know, Mike comes down, you know, him and Raven are beating everybody up, da, 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 whatever. Raven goes over, crowns happy. And it was like an amazing moment. Um, and then I go outside. Fire trucks and everything lined up outside the school. Here, the constable that they would get to do security at the show, his vest accidentally hooked onto the fire alarm. No. Yes, and pulled it just at the right time. Like, it was the most perfect, like, moment, unplanned, like, incidental thing I ever see. And I was like, man, this is, like, the greatest thing I ever saw. Like, okay, that's it. I need I need to wrestle now. Like, I need oh to wrestle gosh. so somebody can pull the fire alarm during one of my matches. <laughs> that's all, <laughs> you know. Well, I'll make it a comeback or something. Like, I need to wrestle now, you know. But that was an awesome, funny moment. I remember messaging Mike the next day. I was like, dude, was that supposed to happen? And that he was the one that told me, no, like the constable pulled the fire alarm by accident. I was like, oh, man, I hope nobody got in trouble. You know, we talked about it for a little bit, and that was it. But I was like, well, I think I'm going to start wrestling now just for the way that moment went. So at, at that stage of your life, you said you're 34, 35. Um, any misses in your life or anything like that that you had to have a conversation with about, I'm yeah. going to do this? or Yeah, she was actually with me at every show. Nice. So, yeah, and now she helps at PPW. She basically, she runs so much stuff at PPW. That's <laughs> yeah, a dream situation she's right supportive. there. Wow. And she's yeah. his personal like, taxi. Yeah, she drives me to all the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, we'll use my car, like my Jeep, or, you know, she just drives it. Because usually, like, till I'm done with the show, I'm like, I'm not driving home. I'm getting a hotel or something. You know, and she's like, you don't need to get a hotel. I'll drive. Okay, honey, <laughs> you drive. There you <laughs> I go. My car keys and off we go. Yeah, she's super supportive. Actually, she actually helped convince me too. She's like, I, I can tell you want to do this. Like, let's do it. I was like, all right. You know, and I was at that time where I was juggling WXW or PPW, which way to go. Cause we actually live 45 minutes apart. And uh, I would normally go out there like Tuesdays and Thursdays during the weekend. And she would come out here and stay the weekends. And, uh, I was going to go WXW because they're, or no, I was, I forget how it was, but the days weren't right to where 
if I went to WXW and trained, I could have kept that. We could have kept that same like schedule of seeing each other. Where PPW, now I only really have like one day a week. I could see her if that, and then the weekends and then Saturdays were half my Saturdays were shot training. Right. If I didn't do my real job. Um, but she was like, no, she's like, PPW is the way to go. It's the better trainers. Like it's the way to go. It's the way to go. And she was right. <laughs> you know, you know, cause she knew who Mikey Whipwreck was and, you know, and, and everybody, cause when I was a fan, I developed a lot of friendships with a lot of guys because a lot of them would ask me like lifting advice, nutrition advice. What do you do? Things like that. And so I got to be friends with Mike Orlando. I got to be friends with SPF, like Johnny Moran, like all these people that were on PDW's roster. So I started asking them, like, because I didn't know who Tommy Slade was. Right? Like, no, Tommy's the man to uh, whatever. So Brooke was like, you need to go to PPW. And I said, all right, that's what we'll do. And she's been super supportive. She's at every show. She did miss the anniversary show, but that was because of uh, – you know, COVID, we, we didn't know what the show schedule was going to be. And she already planned a girl's trip to uh, Ocean City for Wine Fest or something. And I'm like, Brooke, it's just the anniversary show because she felt horrible. I said, I'm only doing a rumble. Like, it's no big deal, <laughs> you know. And uh, But she felt bad. She actually had the one girl there FaceTime her so she could watch my match. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she could just watch, like, the little thing I did in the rumble, and that was it. But... But yeah, she's so supportive. She helps the meet and greet, any raffle, any, um, her mom and aunt actually help with the food stand, like concessions and stuff. So yeah, like her, her family's like super, super supportive of the wrestling thing. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, before the pandemic hit, the Indies were about as hot as they've ever been. And I feel like the indies are still white hot right now as well. People are jonesing for it. And in most cases, it's some of the best shows you'll ever go to because of the intimacy, the access to the stars. Um, it's affordable. It's just, it, it makes for a great weekend. It makes for a great weekend. What kind of fan experiences have you had with people who come up to you? I mean, obviously we know about the, the fun ones where people say, can I get, you know, a picture? Can I get an autograph? This or that. Have you ever had any weird ones? I mean, you can protect names to save the innocent, but I mean, any weird situations where it's like, okay, this is a little odd. Um, reason I bring this up is because Mikey told us a story. Do you remember this one at the, uh, the mall? Oh, the, the, the stone cold. This. Yeah. The guy kept going up to Mikey and kept pestering him about, Steve Austin, you know, and kept pestering him and pestering him and pestering him. And Mikey just tried to give him the nice brush off, but it was just insistent. So have you ever had any of those interactions or for the most part, would you say they've all been pretty good? All might have been pretty good. Um, the weirdest thing I would say was it was at WXW show. I was, I was already active on PBW's roster. Um, there was this like drunk dude came up to me and he's like, oh, I seen you wrestle. And I'm thinking, like, no, you didn't. I wrestled in Hazleton. Like, I've never seen you a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in Allentown. Like, come on, dude. He's like, I have a promotion in Pittsburgh, me and my buddies. And <laughs> me and my there. buddies. 
Yeah. And like you could smell like the bar just coming out. And I'm like, please get this guy away from me. <laughs> like he's he's like giving me his cell phone number, like contact information. He's like, please email me, man. I really want to put you on. I want to put you on like we'll talk what your booking fee is and da da da. I'm like, okay, okay, have a nice show. Thanks. I'll I'll give you a shout out, send you an email, whatever. I was like, get me away from this dude. Get me as far away from this dude as possible. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Like all the fans for me have been good. Like no one's tried to take feet pics or anything of me as far as I know. So <laughs> yeah, my, my experience with fans has been has been really good. But I don't give it a lot of opportunity to happen. Right. And, and that's again, that's more of like Tommy. Tommy's training on me is, you know, he's like, all these guys on the Indies, they're out there hanging out the crowd after their matches or sell merch and blah, blah, blah. He's like, don't you do that. Okay. Why? He's like, did you ever see Hogan hang out in the crowd? I was like, no. He goes, yeah, you know why? Because it was more special when he was out in front of the crowd. And I was like, this makes perfect sense. I can't argue this fact. True. So like, and Red will tell you, I'm there like an hour before doors open. I come in, I go straight to the back, I put my gear on, and I'm back there till I go out. You know, there's no, I don't sell merch there. I have I have a merch site. If someone wants merch, go online, <laughs> go online and get because I'm not setting up a table. You know, and I would if Brooke could sell it, but she's so busy helping run the show now at this point. I don't have nobody to do it, so. Again, like I'm in the back most of the night, and it, so there's not really an opportunity for that to happen. Sure, you know, unless there's like fans that stay there super, super late after a show. But so far, everyone's been real cool and real genuine. So we've seen so many people, and PPW has been one of the most successful promotions for seeing people on AEW Dark. We've seen a lot of people there. Um, have you ever gotten any opportunities from either any other promotions to go and to appear, or have you ever gotten any opportunities, maybe do some dark matches or anything like that, uh, kind of been thrown your way so far? The only thing I did was a tag match with impact wrestling. Um, that was the November before COVID hit. Okay. Um, I got to do like a dark tag match with them. And that was because the night before PPW co-promoted a show with impact. So it was like some of PPW's roster against, we're getting a chance to work impact roster guys or just like impact guys having matches with each other. And then they did it again this next Sunday or the following Sunday. And I worked a dark match for him there. That was it. But I've worked four, four people for sure that went on to do AEW Dark directly after working with me. So I always say I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like the gatekeeper at AEW Dark. Like Rembrandt, Sambo Show, Fox Vineyard. <laughs> Work me. Their next thing was AEW Dark. Other than Fox, he had some matches after that but i always i, I call myself the gatekeeper of <laughs> aw dark you work me you'll, you'll get seen kid 
if they if they can pass the test with you, then you're you're good enough to go. Yeah, I like to kind of make myself sound a little bit <laughs> good, you know. But no, like other than that, that's it. And I think a lot of that too is I don't post a lot, like social media stuff, which is like my biggest downfall. But I'm I'm just not a guy that kind of puts himself out there a lot all the time to like post a gym selfie and have 30 hashtags and, you know, hope the right person sees it. You know, it's not really been me, but then like Riddle tell you, I, I have more interest in signing with Impact than I do WWE. You know, I've always loved Impact and it, like I love AEW too, but like Ring of Honor and Impact would be the perfect like end game for me. Well, and that was or my NWA. next question. And that was my next question. Um, if you could pick your your next move, which obviously at some point you will, you'll make a decision. You would prefer maybe an Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like what all WWE is doing right now. <laughs> you know, Riddle tell you. I feel like people spend their whole lives building this amazing indie career. And then they get to WWE and I understand the name changing and stuff, but then they try to like change them into something completely different. And it's like, this dude came from the mud of nobody knowing who he was to being on your radar, to signing a contract off of what he's done all this time. Why do you want to change that? Right. I agree completely. You know? Um, AW would be cool too. Um, I just love, like impact like what they're doing like i like right now my favorite wrestler is sammy callahan you know it's not some bit it's actually sammy callahan eddie edwards you know guys like that i did a seminar with those two guys and they were awesome and at that moment i was like i would love to work a match with either of these two so with them being there it's where i would like to be just to try to get that opportunity to work a match with them you know me personally, I would love to see you go one on one against Moose. Moose is such a cool dude. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 yeah. I, I know, just but just seeing what uh, Mike Orlando and Moose did at the anniversary show, I'm like, man, I can see Moose you doing is, the same thing. Yeah, Moose is so good. My thing is like, Mike Orlando is a lot more experienced than me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. super green compared to, to him. You know, I mean, that, that's one of the guys that was like, hey, you know, I could look at him and be like, you helped me make this decision and want to do this. You know, so if I had a match with Moose, I'd be so nervous. Like, I would be nauseous in the back, like, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? You know, I got, you know, the biggest name I've worked was Blue Meanie. But again, being an ECW fan, I was pretty stoked about it. Love yeah. the blue meanie, such a good dude, such a a humble person. Yeah, that was interesting that day. It was because he was doing the meet and greet, and the rest of us that were in the match was a six man tag. Um, they were all like everybody else that was in this match was trying to put a match together. I'm thinking, why are you doing this? Like, he's the name here. He should be the one, yay or nay and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he come down them steps and change everything. So why are we investing all this time into this? He then he came down, he looked at the match card, 
He looks at me and he goes, which one of you guys is, has a title? I was like, oh, that's me. I had the No Limits title at the time. He's like, all right, I want, I want you to pin me. I'm like, okay, okay. I was like, uh, uh, okay, cool, thank you, thank you. And he's like, what's your finisher? And at that time, I was doing a single sit-out, single-arm sit-out powerbomb. And, you know, Meanie's a big guy. <laughs> and he just looked at me and said, buddy, I'm sorry, I'm not taking that. <laughs> and he's like, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not because I think it's dangerous or anything. He goes, I just don't think I can get up to do it with you that it's going to look good. Right. So then we ended up doing like some kind of gimmick. He gets, he, my one partner had a cowbell he brought out. So he whacked him with the cowbell and pinned him or whatever. But Meanie was so humble. Like, and when he was leaving, I said to him, I was like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, you know, for working with me. And he's like, Oh no, you're welcome. You're welcome. And, uh, you know, I said, you're, you're the first big name I ever worked. <laughs> he's like, really? He's like, how long have you been doing this? I was like, uh, that was my first ever six man tag match. <laughs> and he's like, Wait, what? how long have you been doing this? I was like, Oh, like four or five months. And he's like, I would have never thought that. <laughs> and we were talking for a little bit and I was like, Oh, well, thank you. You know, he went about his, his ways, travels and stuff, but yeah, he was such a good guy. I'd work him every every weekend <laughs> if I could. What would you say up to today was the match you are the most proud of on the match that and I know a lot of wrestlers they I mean they don't like to rewatch their own stuff because you, you guys I'm going to use one of those euphemisms you guys never like to watch <laughs> your stuff back cuz you're too critical on yourselves. But if you were to say I'm really proud of this because of X, Y, and Z, or I really feel like this night went well because everything fell into place. What would you say, Isaac, was the one that you would would put your your gold star on and say this one I'm re- the most proud of? My tables match with Rembrandt. That was nice because okay, kill kill kayfabe. Rembrandt at PPW's my closest friend, <laughs> and uh, it was. The show before COVID, we did a, a Fatal 4-Way. Um, it was me, him, Andy Hedder, and Vinny Pacifico from Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, everyone's putting, you know, the four of us are putting the match together, whatever. And me and Rembrandt were like, hey, I think your gimmick and me, like, this would work out really well. So I only worked with Hedder and Pacifico a little bit in that match. And me and Rembrandt did, like... All the brutal stuff, comedic stuff mixed in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we kept the crowd, like, super interested. And uh, after the match, I was like, hey, dude, like, we, we need to do, like, a singles match. And uh, I went to McKeegan. I was like, hey, dude, like, any one of those guys I'd love to work singles with, but I really would like to work with Rembrandt. He's like, all right, like, we'll see what we're going to do. Because I was actually supposed to go out for surgery that april so and he still has to go out for it yeah i'm putting it off so i can keep wrestling (laughs) Um, so then the next show COVID hit oh jeez because i said i said mckeegan i'm like let me drop the belt to rembrandt like i like to do like let's do it i was like this dude's here every show 
he does he puts on a show at every show. Like, give him this ball while I'm gone, while I'm out, and you know. Then COVID hit, and we actually kept the whole rivalry going through COVID. Now, I was I was stuck in this like German gimmick thing, so I couldn't like post a lot of English online. So he kept it going on social media where I kind of kept it going behind the scenes. You know, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I still want to do when this all starts up. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. And um, he can figure out a way to make it work. And it was supposed to be like a triple – or no, we were, we were going to do a ladders match with like multiple oh, people. Wow. I remember I was at this fundraiser and uh, – McKean called me. He's like, bro, you feel comfortable doing a ladders match? I'm like, do I got to go up the ladder in the middle of the ring? He's like, <laughs> no. He's like, that's how you'll drop the belt to Rembrandt. I'm like, okay, that works fine. I don't got to climb the ladder. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I don't mind getting hit with the ladder. I just don't want to get caught. I don't want to climb the ladder in the middle of the ring. <laughs> so we're talking about plans, this and that. And, uh, you know, I said to Rembrandt what the plans were. He's like, man, like, we really want to do one-on-one. So we went to him, and uh, he was like, McKee was like, hey, if you guys can come up with a way. That, because the No Limits division was always, like, triple threats, fatal four ways, like, all kinds of weird stipulation matches. He's like, if you can come up with a stipulation match that plays in Isaac's favor, go for it. And I'm saying, I'm like, tables match. And McKee like, I love it. That's what you're doing. I was like, all right. And literally, like, the middle of the following week, we started FaceTiming each other, like, talking talking this match out, like, coming up with it. You know, like, like, we went into it, like, steamboat and macho. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, With the legal pad. What's number yeah, 74? Uh-huh. Yep. I would call him. I Like, I'm talking to you guys. I'd sit here, and we'd be FaceTiming. What if we do this? Now we can do this. And da, 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 da. We're probably going to have 12 minutes and, you know, we're going through the whole thing. And he would, like, send me training videos of, like, him and uh, Cosmic Spots with, like, my faction spots because I have a faction at PPW. And their interference and my team, my faction's interference and all the spots. And I'm like, okay, that's good. Eh, you know what I mean? We're going back and forth putting this thing together. Me and him showed up. We had the match. Like, we we knew it in and out what we were going to do. You know, top wow. to bottom, everything. It was just, like, getting all the, the extra people involved, what they had to do. Right. But, like, I never had a crowd more emotionally invested in a match. You know, they popped like crazy. You know, we want table chance, like. You know, every every chant you would think from a tables match, you know, was no rules, you know, we got. And, like, I put so emo- much emotion into it, and so did he. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was just it was just a big emotional moment for both of us. You know, like, later on the night, um, I was standing out in the parking lot, and... Uh, you have all these glass windows in the front 
of signature training economy where you you can see the ring. There were no fans out there. I had snuck out to take my uh, suitcase and stuff out. And I'm just standing out there. And I see Rembrandt come through the curtain, not to the ring, but just to go into the crowd. And he was carrying that title like it was his firstborn. You know what I mean? Like he was so proud of that belt. And I was just like, I made the right choice. Like I was just so happy of how everything went that I was like, you know what? Like I'm new to this, but at the same time, I'm 38 now. If this was my last match, which it wasn't, but if it would have been, I would have been okay. <laughs> you know, with that going out like that, you know, it was my favorite moment in, in wrestling. I think that's so cool. Just the way you, you paint that story of, of, looking through the glass and then seeing him. And then it's almost poetic. It's almost movie-esque. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You, you did what you needed to do and look at what it not only did for the story and the match, but the joy it brought, not only him, but all those other people. That's, that's pretty damn special. You got to feel pretty good when you know that you see that's, that's the result of your hard work. Yeah, that, that was, that match was my favorite match. And that moment, other than the moment, I won't go into that. That was a moment between me and Rembrandt after the match. Um, Mikey. <laughs> you know, those, the match and then the moment as soon as we both got back behind the curtain and then that moment seeing through the glass. I don't know if I'll ever top that, top that you know, emotionally. Because it was just perfect for me, you know. And, and I don't know if you... Uh, that was Rembrandt's first uh, singles title ever. Yeah. So, you know, him and I was talking afterwards, and, and he was telling me how much, you know, that meant that not only, you know, you, but, you know, Paul and Anthony, you know, was willing to give him that opportunity and stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the thing was for me was, too, was that title, when I was a fan sitting in the crowd, was the title that meant the most to me as a fan before I even thought of actually wrestling, you know, like when I was, and I, I would say to Brooke all the time, like if I were to do this, that's the title I want. And I want to make it special, you know? And she's like, Oh, well you would, I'm sure you'd figure, <laughs> you know, being a supportive girlfriend, you know, <laughs> not realizing that that was all going to happen, <laughs> happen the way it did. And it was my first singles title my only title so far. And, um, you know, when I, when I got it, it meant the world to me. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, thousands of people see this. I called McKeegan all emotional, like thanking him. Like, dude, like you don't realize how much this means. You know, my first singles match ever, I go over on Fox Vineyard, who was on PWI's top 500 that year. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, you guys are crazy, but I love you for it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and ended up, I had it for two years thanks to COVID. <laughs> you know, I'll go down as like the longest reigning champion ever. <laughs> third division at PPW, but I'll take it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you, man. Miss you. I, uh, I had a Mikey dream last night, but we, oh, I, I will leave that for later. Um, <laughs> the 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 Ritster has the question. You, you ready for the? Have you heard of the Ritz question? No. Well, it, it, 
He he used to. This is legendary. This he, is he, he used to listen to the podcast all the time. And then yeah, and then and and then you and I took over, and because the boys took off, and he dropped us like a bad habit. Who are these jobbers? <laughs> Who are these schmoes? <laughs> I'm in it for uh, ECW, not, uh, not KFC. But uh, okay, Isaac, here we go. Hot tub time machine. Okay. You can go back in the time to any match in history. Take somebody out and put yourself in that match. What would it be? Hmm. Oh, this is a tough one. I would have to say. Hmm. And does the match start off with the galaxies? No. The stars align. I'm thinking here. That's a really good question. Uh, I would probably say, and I can change with anybody. 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 Well, we've heard multiple, multiple matches. Oh man, this is like the hardest wrestling question I think I've ever been asked. Um, we only yeah. ask the tough questions. Let's see. As he's thinking here, Rit, what are some of the responses we've gotten before? Yeah, kind of give me an idea. Here. Uh, let's see here. What was it? Uh, of course, Dan Barry says Hogan uh, Andre. Yes, just, just so he can take the take the three moves and get that big payday and get out of there. Uh, of course, we have we've had multiple uh, Steamboat Savage, multiple. Uh, who was the one that it was the Shawn Michaels Flair match, but she was going to end Flair's career instead of Shawn. Oh gosh, who was that? I can't remember. I don't remember that one, but I know it was Shawn Flair, yeah. the retirement match. Um, was it Mercedes Martinez? Which one did she say she was she wanted to do? Was it Mickey James oh, Trish? Oh. oh yes, yes, that was her. It was JC Storm, my my number one Red Sox fan. That was the Sean Flair. Okay. If I could be anybody, I would I would have reft. Whoa, reft. Or I would have reft Hogan and the Rock. You would take Mike Kyoto out. Exactly. Oh, oh wow. I, I have n- elbow. I take I ref the match. <laughs> I have never the, heard someone take the ref out and say, you know what? This is my spot. The, the world's strongest ref right there. That could be a gimmick after you're done wrestling. The world's strongest ref. So my goal is to when I'm done in ring is to I haven't talked to him about it yet. So if he watches this and see it for the first time. <laughs> And it's it's not that it was like a secret or anything. Uh, I wanted, I would like to be help with creative at PPW when my time in ring is done, and not and like agent matches. Not tell guys what moves to do. I'm not trying to tell people how to wrestle, whatever they want to do, but just kind of be like, this is a story we want. This is what we're gonna be two, three, four months, or even a year down the road. 
you know what I mean? So each thing, we have to lead to this. This is right. the start, this is the finish, and this is what we're looking for in between. I like it. In my short time, I'll go going into PPW shows, I love the way the story they told Casey Navarro, Davey Richards. Like, yeah. hit, this is where it is. This is where we're going. This is how we're getting there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a beautiful story. Yeah, McKeegan has a really good knack for storytelling. You know, he really does. But at the same time, he will pull a swerve with no story just to shock people. You know, you know, like, for instance, me and Foz. Going into it, I didn't think I was getting that thing. <laughs> you know, I, I won a number one contendership. And I thought, okay, I'll just I'll lose to this guy and he'll just move on to a story with somebody or whatever. And then when I saw the match card, I was like, oh my God, this is like the biggest swerve I've ever remembered <laughs> them doing even as a fan. You know, but as as good as he is storytelling, he will flip the script on you and you know, change change hands on a title with no story whatsoever. <laughs> you know, so it always keeps everything interesting. You know, and you never know what's going to happen until you see that card. <laughs> really, you know. Well, there's there's so much more meat on the bone, and is there any chance we can uh, we can bring you back again to talk more wrestling and not only your career but also pick your brain on some other wrestling moments that you're a big fan of and Absolutely. where you see the world of wrestling going? Oh, definitely, I'm I'm up for that whenever. Let and we can't know. forget about that luscious beard you got. Guys, go on over to beerstruggle.com. Use promo code RULE15. I'm going to spell that out for you. R-U-H-L-E. The number's one, five. Go ahead and use that promo code. Use it. Tell your friends. Put it all over social media. Put it on Twitter. Uh, tell a neighbor. Tell a friend. Tell a wrestler. And make sure they get that. You want to look good like Isaac does. Look at that. Give me another shot on that one. Oh, oh. Get down with your bad self. Ritster, run your fingers through that luscious that luscious beard right there. Guys, if you have a beard, unlike mine, which is 50% painted on, and you really want to take care of yourself in a manly way, go get yourself some great products and use promo code RULE15 and uh, support our good man, Mr. Isaac Rule. Thank you. Isaac, will be pulling for you. will be cheering for you the next show, and we will talk to you down the road, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Take care. You got it. Take care. Bye. All right, guys. Isaac Rule. uh, Really, really interesting. Once again, got to meet another wrestler. Got to find out what got him into wrestling. What was his motivation? The fact that people actually wanted him to get into wrestling before he even really thought about it. Wrestlers wanting to take pictures with him. I think that's fascinating as well. Um, Dude is huge. Is he he at his house or is he at No, no, no. That, okay, when COVID hit, I know the story because, you know. You're I, on the inside. We I'm know, Rinster. Look inside. at that. Uh-huh. But you're no, on the inside. When COVID hit, this all the gym shut down. This man says, fuck it. I got to stay swole. He built himself his own gym. That's his own gym. Whoa. He When he goes to the gym, he goes home from work. Right. Hits the old uh, protein shake, 
Yeah. Goes outside, maybe 20 yards away, opens the door. There he is. There's the gym. Wow. My, that, that, that guy's traps are ridiculous. I mean. The, his traps are as big as your waist. I believe it. I believe it. it. it I every, wanted to ask him if he was ever a bouncer. That's going to be a question I'm going to ask him next time. It, every time I see him at PPW, I'm like, holy shit, how do you keep getting bigger? He's got, and, he's got good genetics. And and the best part about it is Liam said that he is spot on for Bray Wyatt. When he had his full beard, fuller than mine, I used to tell him all the time, dude, you people think that I look like Strowman. He looked like Braun Strowman. Put a little fedora on his hat right there, carrying a lantern. That th this guy, as nice as he is, if he had a, a a stern look on his face, I'd shit my pants. I'm not even gonna lie to you, kids. I'm gonna tell you right now, instant dookie right in the tidy whities. No, no lying. Uh, um, a, a fun little fact: I used to talk to this man every day at work, just about how big he was. Then one day, I happened to look over, and I was like. He's wearing a Bullet Club shirt. I'm like, dude, you watch wrestling? He's like, yeah, who doesn't? And then all of a sudden, once again, friendships are formed. That's right. Like, I'm like, there it is. Like, and ever since then, him and I, I, I used to ask him all the time. So I was trying to get out of work. I don't work there. I, <laughs> hey, hey, I don't work there anymore, so I'm allowed to. I used to ask him all the time, too. Because <laughs> I tried to get at work. Jesus. Dude, I'm trying to get hurt. How about you put me through this table? And and he, he's like, I can't. Let's be honest. As, as, as wrestling marks, okay, let's be honest. I've always wanted a wrestler to put me through a table. I've always wanted somebody just like, I, I personally have had the opportunity to get to know Abyss. Very nice man. Very nice man. Um, he comes from the, the tri-state area, the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area. Um, and he was at a show and looking scary as all get out. But then we all went out to dinner and I got to meet him and his wife, super people. Of course you didn't pay. Why do you got, why, why do you got to ruin a good fucking story by saying I wouldn't pay? Okay. I didn't have to, but the point is I was like, dude, can you, can you do something to me? Like that's the, that's the biggest thing. I think a fan wants a wrestler to wait, do. Wait, no, no, just, just go ahead and like do something, put me through your finisher or, or throw me through a table or make me bleed. Um, I've always just wanted just one time just for somebody to take me up on an offer. No wrestlers ever said yes to that. Freeland. Yeah. If you ever, Okay, here it is. You know how I am with bets on live air. Right. If PPW ever books mm -hmm. Alex Hammerstone. Are you frozen? Are you just that much in deep thought? What the okay. hell was that? What okay. the hell was that? If they ever book. If they ever book. Yeah. Alex Hammerstone. Okay. I will fly you out. Pay half his booking fee, and okay. you're taking the and you're taking the pendulum. What the hell is the pendulum? Oh, you don't know? No. Here, let me look this up for you, buddy. No, is this the is this the guy who wears the ripped jeans, and he does like Hulk Hogan impersonations? 
This is okay. This is the guy. Okay. Isaac's giving me the heads up. This is the guy. No, I'm just, the, the, all I'm saying is how cool would it be to be, just in one moment, that's all I'm asking for. Just all I'm asking for. Just truck me one time. You know? I, this is, all you need is once. Well, wasn't it, who was the guy who does the the jackass movies? Um, Steve-O. He took the Umaga belly flop off the top rope. He said he thought he was going to die. <laughs> no one told him, like, like, what do you do? You just lay there, I guess, and you just – dude was like 400 pounds. Just eh, Right on him. I'll do anything once. Get it on camera because it will never happen again. And plus, I'll probably meet my deductible in one moment right there, and I'll be good for the rest of the year. Just saying, I think it would be fun. I would allow – I'd let the, the Sandman hit me with a kendo stick. Uh – who else do we know? Who else do we know that, that somebody could do something to you? Would you take somebody's finisher? Yeah. Why not? 90% of them are safe. Right. Which one do you think would be the most enjoyable to take? I, I would love to sit there and take Jerry Lynn's cradle power driver. Jer Jerry's the one of the safest people I know. This is true. And, and and here's that finisher coming up for you. Okay. What? Okay. So what the hell is this? The the pendulum. Oh god. What the hell? I don't get it. What 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 is supposed to be happening here? It's a suplex. Then it turns into like a, a sidewalk slam or something. Or yeah. All right. Heck, heck. Oh. oh, Mikey brought the good one up. Who remembers the guy who took the Yokozuna ass drop and when Yoko really sat on the fucker? Remember that one? His name was Dan DeBeal. Yep. I, 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 when I saw that, how many people have actually seen that in the, in the chat room when Yoko really sat down on that guy? Holy shit. I would not take that. I would not take an oh, ass drop. Okay, There's okay. no way. Okay, so if you had to choose freelance. I've had pink eye before. I don't need to be that close to pink eye again. Yoko's buns eye drop. Yes. Or Mabel's leg drop. Which one are you taking? Are they hot at me? Are they pissed at me? I mean, because if Yoko was really pissed at me, then his ass weighed almost 700 pounds. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a Honda falling on you. I, I don't need that. Um... I'll take the leg drop because the leg crooks at the at the knee joint, right? You, you better hope he hits it. Well, that's what happens. That's that's what I always thought. Your ass, your ass hits. You got the crook of the knee that goes where the throat is. I'll take that. Okay. I just hope he isn't too far off, few inches either way. If so. that's the case, I'm giving him a. I'm not even gonna say it. Well, Freeland, it'd be an oral prostate exam. But anyway, I digress. Uh, let's sit there and take a quick commercial break. Let's take a break. Let's do a little I'm sexy. What do you think about that? In tribute to Mikey, because Mikey loves that commercial. I'm sure Mikey's going to jump in here and say, I don't like that commercial. But it's great. If you haven't seen the I'm sexy commercial, Isaac, have you heard the I'm sexy commercial? He hasn't heard it. We're going to do 
I'm sexy because I'm telling you, this is the I'm too sexy. Wait, 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 wait. you're just it's look, just play the damn clip. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. My shirt, too sexy for my shirt. So sexy, it hurts. And I'm too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. Welcome back to the most exciting thing you'll ever do on a Tuesday night standing up. My name is Mike Freeland. I am alongside my good friend, The Ritz. The Ritz. Good to see you as always, my friend. Looking, You're looking dapper today. Can I say that? Well, why shouldn't you be able Why shouldn't I? I should be able to compliment you. You could. Just like, you know, you're going to compliment me when the Red Sox win again. Well, if they win the World Series, we should put a bet down here. We should make a bet. Mm, I, I will retire from podcasting if they win the World Series. You you, you don't want to bet against the Sox. But you know well, what? I want to. But then again. You, do you want me to retire? I can well, retire. I, I was going to say, maybe Jerry and Mike could come back then. 
Wow. Un-freaking-believable. Will you believe that? But you know what? I do got to give you uh, some, some kudos here. You have a very, very nice shirt on. There's a lot of swag going on right there. Would you like to tell everybody what you're wearing tonight? It is a fantastic, brand-new front row material shirt. I'm wondering when Mr. Isaac Rules is going to get one. I might have his size. Probably not. Do they come in beast mode? Do they come in that? Do you, that man doesn't need sleeves. No, he doesn't. So so he could squeeze himself into, into a small and just wear it around like a bib. He could wear a schmedium. <laughs> and then he could like squeeze his pecs and the whole thing would rip off. My he, gosh. He sit there and pec bounce it and it would be like a, there's a fan underneath the shirt just <laughs> blowing it up. <laughs> But, Are uh, you trying to hide people under your shirt, sir? No, stop looking. Oh, my God. Uh, so where can people find that awesome, brand-new-looking front-row material shirt if somebody would like to get one? Hey, if you DM me on Twitter, I'm working on setting up a little store. But uh, DM me, DM uh, Mr. Freeland, DM at Front Row Material. We will get you a shirt. Heck, if you're at PPW. PPW. Let me know. Yeah. So, $20 (laughs) is $20. You sound like everybody's uncle. Hey, I'll tell you what. Hey, you come on over our house. Come on over. I'll tell you what. I'll get you a shirt. I'll get you a shirt. Man. But, uh, hey. Yes. It's been a long uh, two weeks. It's been a long two weeks. The panel's been a little restless. They have been restless. The natives have been restless. Hold on. We have, uh, we don't have our complete... Uh, Canadian faction here. We don't have him. Where's uh, Where's Savage at? <laughs> him and uh, him and Stewie are stuck back in 1999. Oh God! I wonder if he's folding boxes in his garage, folks. Uh, if you haven't seen this dude's garage, geez, old Pete, you'll see it in a minute. Let's go ahead and let's do the introductions first. We're going to bring a resident anarchist on. He's somebody who I tell you what, he's the he's the craziness. But he is the lovableness, and he is the excitement, and everything else wrapped all into one. He is Anton Heidnick. Anton, how you do? Oh my God! Holy God! Have you slept? Oh my um, God! I went to sleep at 6 p.m. yesterday and woke up at 2 a.m. and I've been up since 2 a.m. this morning. So no, I tried have to you, take a nap today. Have you had a meal in the last <laughs> I don't know six years? I mean, yeah. holy uh, crap! I had large on silvers earlier today. I just finished some barbecue from a local place. I'm sitting outside my mom's apartment because I got to stay here tonight for all the shit we're doing. So good. Wait, it's, it's, good. it's good to see you. The, the, uh, this course is for you. And God, eat something, my friend. Holy shit. I wasn't that thin since I came out of the hooch. But uh, that's here nor there. I'm fine. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's bring on another Canadian. He is the man who keeps all of us in line because you don't want to get clipped down on his behavioral chart. This is the butt. Don't call me the ass man. Hello, gentlemen. How's it, it going is, today? It is good to see you, my friend. I'm seeing you're you're wearing your Sean Spears Canadian God shirt. I am. <laughs> that is it? the most expensive shirt any of us are wearing. The most expensive I, I T-shirt know. anyone's uh, ever bought in the history of the world. I don't know. My uh, uh, Rick Freeland was <laughs> that was close. Hold on a second. Tell the tell the kids at home how much you spent on the T-shirt <laughs> with all your. Yeah, your your shipping, your duty. Seventy or seventy fucking dollars, kids. I don't know. Yeah, for a Sean Spears shirt. For a fucking t-shirt. Seventy dollars. How much did you spend on our shirt? Thirty. Don't even lie. 
Thirty dollars, no okay. shipping, no duty, no nothing, right? No shipping, huh? Hey, <laughs> we had Jacques Rougeau meet meet us at the border, and he like rode his horse to your house. That's what we did. Oh, Freeland! But you look good, my friend. It's good to see you. It's good to see you guys as well. How are things? <sighs> Still teaching those middle schoolers. I tell you what, you're one of the yet. Yeah. We put okay. Let me. I'll tell you really quickly before we get started here. We put cameras up in the entire middle school. We still have people attempting to fornicate in the hallways. And literally, I told the kids, "There's cameras. They're watching. Doesn't stop anything." No, but they're exhibitionists. Guess they are. I wasn't like that in high school. Back in my day, you're not like that now. Megan no, we me. had broom closets. We knew what we were doing. We were smart. Nowadays, nope, just right in the hallway. Bunch of exhibitionists. Anywho. But hey, speaking of exhibitionists, we've got a special panel guest for the next half hour. Yes, we do. He's back. He's, and I don't, Freeland, once I bring him back, (laughs) you are going to sit there and ask yourself the same question I do. Yeah. How the fuck do you get any bigger? I I don't I just seen you 10 minutes ago. Did he just get bigger since, since the interview ended? Here it is. Here it is. Oh, look at that. My gosh. Good Lord. Isaac Rule is back. back here to give us his take on the world of wrestling. And uh, we got some some questions we're going to throw at people. Um, you, you can stop flexing your traps just to let you know. I'm not flexing yet. Oh, that's that. When someone's not attempting to flex and it looks like they're flexing, you know, they got <laughs> something going on. Yep. That's why I always take a couple of tube socks with me every day. I'll leave the story <laughs> at that. And stuff them in your pants. That's right. You, you, you darn right, man. Get them wooly ones for hunting season. Woo. Uh, hey, Meg sit there and told me that she almost sued him. Uh, all right. Everything for We're done. False advertisement. You're terrible. Let's talk about our first topic. I was going to put these up on the screen, but for whatever reason, Rit, they're not. I'm not able to put them on the screen. Why aren't you? I have no idea why it's not letting me put them on the screen. They're not even uh, there. Yeah, I can't put them on the screen. I don't know why it's not letting me. So let's talk about this one. Adam Page. Uh, evidently, Jim Cornette had some comments recently, uh, and he said that he doesn't believe that good old cowboy is or should be, I should say, champion material anymore. The time has passed. The window is closed. The ship has sailed. I'd like to know what everyone's opinion on this is. I personally am a... Hangman Adam Page fan. I don't think the time has passed. But uh, let's first go to someone who I do feel strongly about this topic. Let's throw it to the ass man. Uh, what's your take on this one here? Jimmy Cornette, Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care, especially for Adam Page. What's your take? Cornette's wrong. I mean, hold I it. I, I, hold it. I want you to say that last phrase one more time. Cornette's wrong. I love it. It does. It, it just. So I like Cornette. He makes a lot of good points. He had his day. He is a wrestling genius, but he's he's off base. Yes. There's no way. Page, he's still young, great skill set, good looking dude. His mic needs a bit of work, but he's excellent and he's AEW homegrown talent. He's exactly who you want to have the belt. Cornette does not have this one right. He makes a lot of good points. This ain't one of them. He shit to bed. Well, I tell you what. I know somebody's going to have something to say about this, but let's first throw it to Anton here. Anton, um, 
what's your take on this? Adam Page is really over with the AEW audience. Now, recently he had to put his title uh, his title challenge on the line. His wife was going to have their first child and didn't really want that to interfere with family time. I completely respect that. Uh, my wife and I have had that discussion before. You will be nowhere but next to me. And uh, what's your take on this? Do you think time has passed for Adam Page, or do you think, no, I still think it could still happen? So it's a yes and no situation. My buddy in California that got back into wrestling because of AEW, is uh, he's been waiting for this story. And, like, that's eventually what's going to happen, especially with the, you know, Bucks and Elite turning their backs on uh, Page last year, continuing to now with the Dark Order stuff. You know, if they'll actually be there for him, specifically after this break and et cetera, and be his friend and support him that it's a cool counterbalance to the story. So I definitely agree with that part. I definitely agree that as homegrown talent and everything that goes into that core, yeah, he fits the mold perfectly. But and I, while I get the baby thing, I do get the baby thing. When he came out as the Joker, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot you were gone. Like, that that's what happened. So yes and no. Like, I wish they would have pulled the trigger on it a little sooner. So Cornette's not wrong but he's not right either. Well, you got to be fucking one or the other. You're right or wrong. It's a gray area. Let's go. It's a gray area, but if it's a little less gray on which area you, you siding with here? Oh, there's black or white. Everything come on, black come on, come on, no, come on. Oh, uh, he's not going to say it, but you know what? Somebody who's going to say something, Rocky Balboner. He is joining us as always from his palatial estates, AKA his garage. Uh, Rocky, I would love to hear what your take here is. Uh, what's the over/under on the boxes that are being folded in your in your background? How many boxes? Oh, fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> next question. So, what do we think here, Adam Page? Adam Page is he going to be uh, the champion? You think time has passed, or what? What do you think, Jamesy's opinion of this was? Well, I I didn't hear anything that Cornette said. I haven't listened to the pod yet. So, uh, do you still have I, confidence in Adam Page if you were to? Um, yeah, you know, he, I, I watched when he came back, and uh, the crowd liked him enough, obviously. So, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder in a way. So that's good. Um, I think, like, they, they royally fucked him up, though. Uh, they they had him kind of, you know, they were just kind of needling him along, and then, you know, you, you thought they were going to pull the trigger at some point, and they just didn't. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out why, because he had... You know, all the momentum going behind him. All the fans were just nuts about him, and they just didn't do it for whatever reason. And that's that's Khan's choice, I guess. But uh, I think he missed the boat. Uh, I don't know what Corny said, but I think it's kind of like what Anton was saying. It's kind of like a bit, uh, you know, you know, good and bad. Like it's good that he came back and he's, you know, producing and and doing doing well and everything, and uh, have an opportunity and all that. But at the same time, it's like I was saying, like this could have been done six months ago and it would have been good. You know, I like it. I respect it. Good. <laughs> good. Ritster, let me put you on the hot spot. What are you taking on this one? Are you feeling, uh, that the page time window has shrunk considerably or do you think, nah, not necessarily. Uh, I think, it, I think it definitely shrunk. Like, it should have happened, like you and I talked about, at the uh, the pay per view. He, the heck is that? 
I have no idea what he's what he's doing. What are you doing back there? I shifted in my chair. Is that you, okay or is that you, not allowed? Are you throwing rock salt down? Are you expecting a big storm up there in Canada? Oh uh, gosh, a big storm up in Canada because I'm I'm the entire country, right? Yep, the whole fucking thing. Yeah, continue. Exactly. I'm not big on geography, but uh, uh, no, I, uh, I honestly think that the whole momentum slowed it down. Uh, the whole baby being taken out of the match. And I don't think people really care as much anymore about if Adam Page wins the title or not. That's such a tough thing, guys. I feel like we're grilling this guy pretty hard for a, a major life moment. Let's throw somebody in here who he I feel like. one day a week. His wife's having a kid. That's kind of a big deal, right? It is, but it's not like he has three hundred day road schedule. You work one fucking day a week, maybe two. Exactly. Right, right. But we don't know when she's going to go into labor. I'm going to throw it here I, to Isaac. I, I, yeah, yeah, Isaac. What's your what's your take on this? You're, if you're in a situation like it, this, what do you do? Well, they're going to have to pull the trigger now because, like Ritt said, it did close a lot. Now, what I would do. <clears throat> To bring back, he was the most over when he was drinking all the time, right? Right. Coming to the ring with him, you know, whatever. Put it on him for maybe three, four months, have him take it, take it off of him. Go back to have bring the drinking part back in as the gimmick. And he turned back to that because of losing the title and then have him build up from there for a second. I That way, I think the second run would be more important than the first because I do think they've lost a lot of interest in him this time around. They should have pulled the trigger last time for maximum, uh, you know, response. Wow. That's a damn good call. Just a little simple it's a good, storytelling it is a good call. idea to make the second one maybe more important than the first. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've actually seen Adam Page. I met him at Ring of Honor Best in the World, like right before AEW started up. And the dude is a legit star to see him. You know what I mean? When you see him in person, like he has that it factor. You know, so I do think the, the capability is still there. They just got to figure out how to get the people involved for that ride along so with it. Are we all in agreement that the person that's going to be the next champion uh, when Kenny drops it will be Adam? Hopefully, I think so. Yeah, yeah. good deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, trick or treater, what do you? What's your thoughts? Where, where are you, Anton? Where are you going, buddy? Getting lighter, so I can smoke a cigarette because my mom it, took my fucking lighter. <laughs> Man, <laughs> on that we are going to move on to our next segment. I love it. Uh, somebody who was a big part of uh, our interview here. So the Blue Meanie and Crowbar uh, were actually at AEW recently. And I'm not picking all AEW topics here, by the way. But I just think it's interesting that Crowbar, who's been on the show before, really, really good dude. We're going to have him back for a part two episode. And then the Blue Meanie, obviously, which Isaac had talked about before. We're both uh, there. Um, I believe it was when? When they were in Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, they actually brought Jerry Lynn, they brought Dean Malenko, they brought Taz, and um, Chris Jericho. Jericho Chris Jericho out to the ring. And don't forget CM Punk. And don't forget CM Punk was the, the sci-fi WWE ECW champion. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, but that was really cool to see that. Let me ask you this. So many years later, talking, let's first talk about Blue Meanie. 
the BWO has really held its own as something that has been a long lasting remembrance of a lot of wrestling fans. You still see the BWO t-shirts. You still hear the chants. Um, I believe all three guys were together. Um, most recently at another show I'm trying to think of up in Alaska. Was it up in Alaska? Okay. So, and then didn't WWE do their own photo shoot of like historic, um, ECW people where they cosplay, had, yeah. right. I thought that was pretty cool too. So eh. what's your, what's your take on the, uh, the showing respect and love to ECW from, uh, from Tony Khan when they were up in Philadelphia. Pretty cool. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, Mr. Uh, ball boner. Ball boner. Okay. You got it wrong. Come on, man. Ball boner. Oh, Balboner. I got to say it differently. Okay. Balboner. There you go. Yeah. Uh, It was, it was cool that, you know, because if you've heard anything from Tony Khan in the past, like any interview, he's always going on about ECW and how much he loved it back in the day. His dad took him to the arena to see, I think it was uh, Jericho's final match at the arena. Um, Yeah. So, you know, he has a deep love for it. Like all of us do, but, uh, it was cool, but at the same time, it was like, well, here's all the former ECW people that work here, and that's it. And we're bringing them out for a little, you know, song and dance in the ring for five minutes. I mean, yeah. it's cool. I just wish, you know, they had it done it a little bit better because they've done it like that in the past for uh, was it like the legends of like Memphis wrestling and stuff like that. And they had like, you know, they they've they've done that in certain cities. I think like I well, Memphis is the one that comes to mind at least, but. Um, it wouldn't have hurt for them to get some other people that, you know, worked in that area and worked in ECW. Like, you know, you could have you could have had uh, any number of people. You could have had Sabu out there, you know. I'm sure he would have gone in to do that. Shane Douglas would have done it, you know. Um, just when you look at it on the surface like that, it's like, oh, it's all the employees that came out. It's like, okay. But as far as Crowbar, uh, who was Devin Storm in ECW, so that's cool. Uh, that's great for him. Um, Blue Meanie, I've been a supporter of him for a while. I'm, I'm in his uh, pod squad for his uh, Mind of the Meanie podcast, uh, me and Travis Bohab. And uh, he's a great guy, so I'm happy to see that he's getting opportunities. Um, you know, it's, it's a nostalgia thing, but I, you know, I just, I just kind of wish it was like a little deeper, like it wasn't just employees of the company that used to be an ECW that they're saluting. That's all. I'm with you. I can I can respect that. Anton, let me ask you this question. Uh, do you like it when they, they throw or they pay homage to, you know, the people who kind of paved the way, especially because Tony was such an ECW guy? And, you know, without ECW, Tony wouldn't have had the love for wrestling, in my opinion, that he did. And it wouldn't have led to where he is today and getting some of these guys, you know, other opportunities to work. So what was your take on it? I wish it would have been done on TV. That's really my only two cents. And yeah, the, that was sad. That's the because Liam's right. They did do it for I, it was Memphis, I do believe, as well as you know they've had Greg the Hammer Valentine there when they did the dog collar match. They've done things along these lines, but they publicized it, and they didn't publicize the ECW one. Sabu would have probably wanted a payday to come in, so there's that which they have the money, so that's dumb. But whatever, Douglas is there. They were in fucking Pittsburgh, Philly. Any number of those people could have come in, but I am thankful that they at least brought in Meanie and Crowbar. That's cool. 
It really is. And to know that Crowbar can still move and work the way that he fucking does. Holy shit, dude. And uh, I agree with the fucking Liam's comment in our group chat of hopefully he taught Nutella how to work or told Nutella how to work before the fucking match. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that because he's dude, the shit. That was great. That made me fucking laugh, dude. Good. Well, let's throw let's it back to you for a retort here because we know you're such a big Joey Janela fan. Share yeah. it with us. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and go. What do you want me to say? I mean, that was a really cool spot he did when he uh, fell from the uh, the ceiling or the ceiling, the roof from that uh, warehouse. Remember when he fell into the back of that pickup truck and almost lost? Yeah, it's too bad he didn't uh, injure himself uh, where he couldn't wrestle again. That would have been awesome. But wow, yeah. you oh, really don't like him. You really <laughs> don't like him. Holy He's the shits. You think he would have gotten like somewhat decent at this point? But oh, fuck. With that, being, with that being said, we're going to go to the nicer Ugh. side of Canada, the East Coast. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> what was your take, the Crowbar, Meanie? Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen the the whole show. I've just seen the highlights online. Why not? Blue Meanie has been around forever. He's loved. You know, his gimmick is still over 30 years later. Mm-hmm. You know? Crowbar is finally getting a little more respect now towards the tail end of what I think he got previously. He's been around forever, kicking around in the indies for the last 20 years, probably now, or maybe better than 20 years. He can still go. I thought it was fantastic. And bringing the uh, the four guys out at the end, I thought it was a classy move. You know, why, why not celebrate your talent that you have, right, saying, hey, Look, these guys were ECW originals or however you want to word it. You know, show them a little bit of love. I think that was great. You didn't need to bring people in from outside with the exception of guys that could actually work or girls. Well said. Let's go over to Isaac. Isaac, what's your take? Um, I know, you know, one of the main topics is it wasn't on TV. It was on one of those exclusives that was only on YouTube or Twitter or something to that nature. Um yeah. Do you think there could have been a little bit more done than just that? Yeah. Um, they I I first off, I think the reason they didn't put it on TV and they wait till the very end is because they I think that was to put the cherry on the cake to keep the people there as right. a special surprise because they do do dynamite and rampage at the same time. It's a lot a, of sitting. <laughs> that's a lot of sitting. Now you know, if you're a super fan it's the best thing in the world, but not everybody wants to sit through, you know, four or five hours of wrestling. Um, right. So from a logistics standpoint, I see why they did it. However, I agree with everyone. It's, you know, Sabu, Sandman, you know, it was only a couple of the people that it was the people that worked there. You know, I think it would have been better to bring in more than just that, you know, Sandman, Sabu, I mean, RVD, you know. Uh, now, Blue Meanie getting to be on, being on Dark, I think that's great for him. I think I think they should sign him because that gimmick is perfect for that environment. It, you know, they they run such an environment where everything's welcome, and that is still over, like was mentioned previously. You know, thirty years later, whatever it is. It's a perfect fit, and it still exists, and there's still a place for it in 2021. You know, I say sign them, bring them in on, you know, on a pretty regular basis. 
you know, I've I've gotten the work meeting I've mentioned previously, and I've heard the crowd. You know, that guy is still over, and he, there's no denying it. So for him to get an opportunity, I think it's awesome. And well I, deserved. I would agree. I would agree completely. Um, bringing this one up is kind of interesting as well. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, not because of our guest tonight, um, but let me just ask you guys this question. You know, there's been rumor all over. Raj Gary, who runs Wrestling Inc., uh, a good good guy. I've talked to him many, many times. He's reported that a lot of people thought that Bray and Impact Wrestling were negotiating me potentially a contract or working something out when then Bray was going to go overseas or whatever. Right now, we have no idea where Bray is going to be. There's almost an amber alert out for where Bray Wyatt is or where Bray Wyatt's going to be. So, with that being said, I'm going to throw around the panel. Uh-oh, they caught up to you, Liam. Nope. Is, that the, is that the cops outside? Uh, yeah, I told them to go back to uh, Cincinnati and get you. <laughs> oh, my God. This is terrible. Let me throw it back to the good Canadian right now. Uh, Bray Wyatt, where do you want where do you want him to go? Honestly, in your opinion, uh, I'd probably like to see him go to Japan. Okay, with the, with the Bray Wyatt gimmick, he couldn't use the Bray Wyatt name, obviously, but with that gimmick, I think it'd be a lot of fun over there. A little more freedom. Uh, either that or. Maybe Impact would be the next option. Those are the places I'd like to see him go. I have no desire to see him go back to WWE. I don't think that's going to happen anyway. They don't need him in AEW. Roster's full. No, Ring of Honor maybe, MLW, they can't afford him. No, he could go to, to uh, like AAA. No, he'd probably be over like Rover down there with that gimmick. So, no, but... Those my first choice would be somewhere in Japan. Ritster, I like the AAA gimmick. That actually reminds me, I need to up my renewal uh, in this December for AAA. So thank you for reminding me on that one. Uh, I it's want probably your login. only uh, no one's going to get that unless you're American. Um, but uh, Ritster, where do you think Bray Wyatt should go ultimately? Well, what? first, real quick about the last comment. Uh, last topic, since I got looked over, I did I did like and enjoy that. We're having technical difficulties here. We're not able to hear the writ completely. We're not missing. because you because you muted me. I did not die. <laughs> I did not whatsoever do anything. I'm literally sitting here waiting for you to respond. Continue. Ah, uh, well, for me to sit there and. Cool. Yeah, I agree too. Oh, I agree completely. Are you pantomiming? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here, Rit? Yep. Rit. Anytime, Freeland. I am not literally doing anything. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. Continue. Bray Wyatt. It's not even, I was trying to catch up from the last one. Oh my god. Are you are you back on the uh the crowbar meanie one? It's just really quick. Okay, it, really quick. I like how crowbar said on Twitter how he did the first spot Daphne ever did and let uh, Penelope Ford showcase the exact same spot that Daphne did in her debut, her first wrestling spot. That's actually very cool. So, but Bray Wyatt, 
I think he's going to go multiple places. Bray Wyatt is going to be the first person to actively go to multiple promotions with a different gimmick in each promotion. He's he's talented and he can do it. So he's going to be he's going to be husky <laughs> husky uh what was it husky uh husky oh, hambone husky Wyatt. Husky, no, husky Wyatt. Husky Hambone? <laughs> what <Yeah>. the f- Husky <laughs> Okay, we'll just call him Husky. He'll be Husky in one. He'll be Bray Wyatt in another one. And the fiend that the and the fiend in triple A? A fiend in okay, so there's three. Yeah. Hey. Why can't he? The forbidden door is open. You know, he could easily work a different gimmick in, in all these other promotions. True. He could. And, You're right. And he don't have to sign on any of them. He could he could work freely, and just just do him, which I think would be the, the best bet for him. How talented he is! If he did that, it would have to be on pay per view. That's all I'm going to say. If he did him, uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Rocky Balboner. Where do you think he should go? What's your thoughts? I don't even care at this point. It's, <laughs> I really don't. It's. Just... It's not important anymore. It doesn't matter. I <laughs> love the candidate. No, really like honest, honestly, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, okay, so what? He shows up in WWE again. Whoop de do. They're gonna do the same stupid fucking childish gimmick. Uh, okay, he goes to AEW. Uh, great, he's gonna lead the Dark Order. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, he goes to Impact. Nobody's gonna see it. Who gives a shit? Uh, he goes to Japan. <laughs> no no like, one's gonna see it. You it doesn't matter. It. You are terrible. You are really. It doesn't matter. It, it's really, it's really at that point where it just, it's not. It's you, you go too long on something like that, and there's too much, you know, dilly dallying about, and it's like he makes like little remarks every now and then. It's like okay, like maybe he's not in control of his contract or his ability to work anywhere right now but like holy shit like i just they they killed his character dead a long time ago and and for me to actually invest in him again would take a fucking miracle at this point so um oh and 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 also to respond to rick can we like not do the forbidden door shit anymore (laughs) that stuff's been happening since the fucking 80s like it's fuck awa and nwa were working together in the fucking early 80s and it's there was a forbidden door then so i don't want to hear that anymore go ahead and have have a swig let's get isaac thank you let's get isaac rule it on this one isaac what's your thought bray wyatt where do you think he fits in most right now and do you think some of the lusters worn off because of the way wwe used him and then obviously discarded him so what's your take on it so do i think aew needs him no but i think that's where he's going to end up because the AEW audience will care regardless of what WWE did with some only because they're the place where everybody goes that they get booked right WWE and then they're instantly over. And I think Tony Khan's probably the only person that could afford him when he get that down to it. I mean, Impact's bringing some decent people in, but I don't think they can afford him. Ring of Honor's definitely not affording him. Uh, New Japan could afford him. But I I just can't see him being at home there. I think whether we like it or not, it's either going to be AEW or back to WWE, which I do think would be absolutely ridiculous on his part to even ponder that idea. 
but I think it's going to be AEW. And let me throw dark, what I say. Let, let, let me throw this out here to you. What about MLW? Yes, but no. Yes, um, but no. So outside of Hammerstone and when MJF was there, Richard Holiday there, I don't know a whole lot about MLW. And they seem to be more of like a flashy NWA where like they're not really into like the real crazy gimmick type stuff. So I don't really think he'd be at home there and I don't think they can pay him what he's going to want. It's interesting you, you mentioned paying him. So Isaac, let me ask you this question. Somebody in his career, you're in the business, you know these kinds of things. What kind of booking fee would he get? Let's say he was he was to go on the independence. In your humble opinion, based upon what you know of, what would he get if he were to go on an independent show? So I don't know what his would be. I know Braun Strowman right now is asking ten grand for an indie booking fee. Straight up, I know that's what he's asking, ten grand to pop. So Bray is probably somewhere in the same, you know, same range. And that's for an indie show. So he can afford that. How would a promoter ever be able to bring somebody in and still fill the rest of the card and take care of all the other expenses when you have one guy tying up 10 G's? Exactly. Mr. Ritt? Exactly. Got to be a drug well, lord. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say the promotion's name or anything. It, it used to run locally here. They brought the NWO in, for one. It was uh, not the entire NWO. It was Bischoff, X-Pop, Paul Nash, and uh, Buff Bagwell. And they had 75 grand wrapped up in that show. And they broke even. So, and, and, I, and that's right from the owner of the promotion's mouth. I used to work, work out at a gym where he went to. This is um, insider information you're not getting anywhere else. This is yeah, fantastic. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go inside but not give out identity. I completely um, respect it. So, so... I'm I'm gonna guess and say Bray's probably around ten grand. Gosh, holy cow! That is to me that's just mind-boggling. Um, wow. So I mean, it seems like he could go anywhere, but once again, the price tag is going to be pretty high. Yeah, that's why I, I, you know, Tony Khan will write whatever check he asks you to make his fan base happy. At the end of the day. You know, money talks, and I, I don't think Impact or any of those, as much as I love Impact, you know, they're my favorite promotion running right now. They can't afford that. They can't do it. It's going to have to be AEW, or he swallows his pride and goes back to WWE. And that would just be insane of him to do. Uh, let's get a couple of questions here from the uh, from the chat here. So, Jack the Game Lord says, CZW. Um Barely. Barely pays any more than two grand for a wrestler. Let me ask you this, CZW. What's your thoughts on CZW? If somebody's an independent guy right now, not ready to sign with somebody, make a stop off at CZW. Callahan, Moxley. There have been names that have been through there. So, yeah. Nick Aldis. <clears throat> yeah, Nick Aldis. Nick Gage, Liam's buddy. Yeah, yeah, Nick oh, Gage. God damn it, guys. Fuck him right Nick up the ass. No, we're, I don't think yeah. any of us are probably going to do that. Uh, Isaac, uh, GCW. Okay. 
Um, the, the, the super violence. Do you think he would go for that? No. Nope. I don't think Bray would go there. Um, like going to two grand thing. I, I know a lot of promotions that do pay those kind of numbers to bring people in. And wow. some people are double that for booking. But, I mean, and again, I'm going by what Braun Strowman wants. Sure. I really don't know the answer to Bray. You know, so to me, if, if Braun would actually be able to pull it off and get 10 grand booking and I was Bray Wyatt, I'd be like, I want 12. If yeah, you're going to pay no. Braun 10, you know, I mean, I, I it, like it, Braun more than Bray, but at the end of the day, Braun or Bray has done more and it's probably more over than Braun. So this is true. This is a really good point. Um, let me go ahead, and I know your time is precious here, Isaac, so I don't want to hold you too long here. Yeah, um, I'll go a couple minutes, yeah. <laughs> so, Friday night. Uh, Friday night. Who watches Friday night wrestling, by the way? Show of hands in the audience. Anyone watch Friday night wrestling? Uh, I watch it Saturday. I'm a, I'm a school teacher, so I'm if I'm not doing this, I'm in bed by 7.30. So. I downloaded illegally, if that counts. <laughs> you downloaded you illegally? Yeah. You're not <laughs> supposed to say that. You are from oh, another sorry. country, so. Hey. What's I got to do right, that? I don't know. You're one of them. So. Hey, I'm um, Canadian. Whoa. Yes. Thank you. Hey, whoa. Hey, hold on a second. I, I was just saying. One of them. Yeah, you're from a foreign country. That's all I'm saying. We are from foreign the United States. Isaac, let me throw it to you. Can you name all the Great Lakes? Oh God fuck! Damn it. God oh, damn it! He Lake said Michigan no. Lake Ontario. That's where I stopped. Oh, there we go. Oh, he said Ontario though. It's okay. Oh jeez, that's, that's the one I missed. Yeah, that's the one I missed. Jeez. All right. Better fine. than the teacher. Appreciate it. Shut up. I don't teach social studies. Thank um, God for that. So Friday night. Friday. <laughs> Friday night wrestling. Uh, Tony Khan says that AEW is going to be. Going up against, but they say they're not in competition with WWE SmackDown. Now, SmackDown is the premier show flagship for WWE right now. They do some pretty good numbers. Do you think that um, going head-to-head on a Friday night, AEW is going to be able to hold their own? I I personally think that they're, they're both trying to bicker back and forth. The, Vince threw it out first of, hey, we're going to run an extra half hour commercial free to put his toe in the water of, okay, we're going we're gonna to sit there and see who draws, you know, the ratings. And then Tony, what, just this today, this morning, says, oh, we're going to sit there and do a YouTube exclusive and we're going to have Bobby Fish and Brian Danielson have separate matches on there to you know compete against wwe smackdown it's like wait a minute you guys are just pissing on each other and you're in my opinion you're trying to split everything up when there's enough of the pie to go around for everybody it's a dick's running contest at this point yeah vincent tony Mm -hmm. look mine's bigger than yours no they're like rich said there is enough to go around for everybody doesn't need to be you're either us or you're them. That's nonsense. You can have multiple federations going that people will tune into, enjoy, and watch. You don't need to be fighting and rowing and 
you know, trying to be the alpha dog all the time. Speak I, I don't know. I think it's foolish. Speaking of people, Bobby Fish, we're pretty happy for good old Mr. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish uh, was on our show, obviously, PP Dub representing, and uh, happy that he is, is where he is. Isn't he also, like, splitting time? Did he sign with did he sign with MLW as well? He's in the Opera Cup. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. But good for him. Uh, I'm yeah. glad to see him doing well. It would be really cool if he crossed paths with Adam Cole backstage. It would be kind of cool if they shared a – a look or something like that. Um, let's see. What do I got here? All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's let's do this one right here. Who do we think is the hottest star right now in wrestling? And when I say hottest star, let me preface this before you start contemplating what your answer is going to be. When we say the hottest star, we mean the person who is the most over right now, the person who probably would draw the most eyeballs if they were on TV uh, in a match. Regardless of who it's against, it is that person. Is there one person that separates themselves from the rest of the pack so far that it's just them and then everyone else is down here? I'm going to first go to Anton. By the way, so you better I, you, you better eat a Crave case by the time this show's over. You look <laughs> gaunt. So I'm sleep deprived like a motherfucker, but I've been having protein shakes in my coffee every day when I get up and eating cashews and protein nonstop every day. I am eating I promise. I'm just very sleep fucking deprived at the moment. So, so who's your take on this? Who's who's the who's the most hottest right now? Like, oh my so, god, I can't believe it's it, not butter. So, real, this is a double edged sword. I'm not going to answer this because I've thought about this a lot recently. Because discuss it with my independent wrestling manager boss at work. It uh, Punk basically because he got so many buy rates for AEW, like was able to boost their shit up that much. That's impressive. But short of that, I've yet to see anyone who is actually a face of a company since Cena. Even Roman and everything they're doing with that, it's still the brand. There is not a guy. Makes sense? It does. That, you know, and I've been wondering that. Who is going to be the next actual guy? Not just for AEW or WWE, but period. You know, we had Hogan, and then we had Austin, and then you had Cena. You know, you can include The Rock in there because he became the biggest star in Hollywood. But he, even when he was on top of the world and Austin was hurt, he still didn't have the fucking buying power that Austin had. So, it's a very weird and fucked up thing. Punk did some great shit for them, but realistically, no one is a face of a fucking company anymore. It's all built around the brand itself, which is branding one-on-one. That is business. That is marketing. I'm not mad at that. But, in Vince's case, he never wants to be without a top star, and since he doesn't know how to build them anymore... He refuses to let it happen. In AEW's case, they're too new, so they're literally just doing their whole fucking brand, which is smart on their part. But when you're a company that's been around mm, 50 fucking years and you no longer have a face of your company, uh, so I guess punk, but I don't know. And yes, Boog, that is fucking still reserved. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. To answer your question. So, so you're going to say right now the hottest guy would have I to be... Punk. My punk. I, I guess just because of the buy rates that he was able to induce for AEW for his return match and pay-per-view, he got people who were Laps fans to buy that fucking pay-per-view. Fair enough. So, I like it. Well said. Well argued. Let's go over to Canada, eh? Let's find <laughs> out what uh, the uh, East Coast of Canada has to say. What do you have to say about that? Um, If I were to pick one, I'd probably say 
someone had brought Brock Lesnar. Okay. They brought him back because he draws. I don't know if it's a great answer, but it's the first one that pops into my head. I don't think there is anybody, like Anton said, that is the person, the guy, the girl, whatever it would be. Yes. If you're looking on a women's aspect, to be Charlotte. Yes. But if I were to go with one, I'd, I'd say Brock Lesnar. So we're saying the head of the table, eh, not so much. No. Yeah. I'll nope. agree with that. Not at all. I'll agree with but hardly. Let's go ahead and throw it over to uh, the Sacks. Well. You going to hang out with Matt Damon when you go to that game? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, me, Ben Affleck? Yeah. Oh, man. You're going to give him a big hug and say, not your fault. It's not <coughs> your fault. Uh, but no, uh, I'm going to have to agree with Anton with CM Punk, but for a different point. Let's hear it. CM Punk was able to sell out an arena off a of rumor. Fact. I'll, I will fucking give you that one. Worst he, kept rumor secret, but yes. I'll he give you never, that. He, he ne- didn't even have to be announced, and he sold out that arena in Chicago off of a rumor when anyone else could have, like Daniel Bryant eh, or Brian, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Baby. It's, you, you, they haven't done it. Roman Reigns could put on a show in Pensacola, Florida, and the only people that would be there would be his family at the dinner ouch. table. Oh, my God. I can't even believe you said that. The He's only people wrong. that would be there would be his family. I'm sure he would draw some people. I mean, probably Joe Biden crowd, but I mean, nonetheless to say, a small there. audience. But, but uh, <laughs> other, than, other than Punk, there's no one that, that's been able to s- sell anything. You know, any tickets, buy rates recently other than Punk. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go to uh, let's go to him. Can't even hear you. Your microphone's not even turned. Rocky Balboner, I said. Balboner, yeah, yeah. Balboner. So, what do you got, buddy? What do you? What's your take? Uh, I would agree with everybody uh, so far with saying Punk um, initially, but the honeymoon was over about a week after it happened because. His his ratings, like just everything I've been reading, is his ratings are just not drawing in people. Anytime he's on TV, and that's not his fault. Like you know, it's just it's the way it is. Um, it could just be the program as a whole. But uh, you know, yeah, he, he his his name alone basically sold out an arena. Yeah, we understand that. Um, but really, nobody is at that level these days except for him and that was a kind of a flash in the pan because he's not really drawing in people right now um you can say as far as you know the you know the part-time fans you know just the ones that check in every now and then it could be roman reigns but he's not he's not a star like cena and if you're looking at someone else in aw besides punk it'd probably be uh uh, twinkle Toes McFingerbang, your uh, buddy there. 
you know, but um, <laughs> twinkle toes McFinger bang. What are yeah. we talking about here? What do you mean, my Omega? Wow, you you should absolutely not talk about the cleaner that way. Look what Why? you're gonna do to Anton. Look at him. The carcinogens are just <laughs> flowing in his lungs. He's giggling hysterically. He has no well, idea. It's okay. It's a, it, the guy. If the guy's not call- fucking prissy prancing around the whole fucking match, then I take it more seriously. Do you realize that man has sold out more Tokyo domes than anyone ever oh. even born in Tokyo? Are you kidding? Oh yeah, Great Muda. He's way, way more popular than Great Muda. Is that what you're telling me? I may say he is. I may say. Are you saying he's bigger than Masachono? I may say he is. Yeah. Are you saying he's bigger than Antonio Noki? Stature wise, no. Antonio Noki was bigger. But let's throw it over to Isaac. He defeated your argument. Let's throw it over to Isaac. Fuck. I can't believe. What did you call him again? McTwinkle. Twinkle toes, McFinger bang. You are absolutely. (laughs) Or or you're getting or Harpo finger fuck. Harpo finger fuck. Oh my god! That's typically your answer. Good God, ball boner. Let's go ahead to a real pro wrestler. What do you take? Who's the hottest star right now in wrestling? Uh, who's on TV right now? I would have to say Punk. However, if Cena comes back, everybody's in trouble. Mm-hmm. He's going to take the spot from everybody. Lesnar's close. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Lesnar. I love babyface Lesnar. He stole my look though, but. Other than that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Punk. However, if Cena would come back full-time, it would be Cena. Do you think Cena will come back full-time as a pro wrestler? Do you think those days are beyond him? Those days are gone. I think he's done enough in Hollywood now to keep that momentum going. You know, with the Fast franchise, and, you know, he's proven to be well-rounded. You know, the only thing I don't think he's done yet is, like, a chick flick. Right. You know, that, I, but like other people mentioned too, like if The Rock comes back, everybody's in trouble. But, but he's not coming back. Um, no. Cena, Cena, I think, has a few one-offs in him, and I think he has one more title run at him too. Um, but out of who's on TV week after week after week, right now is Punk. But I don't think it's by much. I don't think he's like astronomically up here. Just, I think AEW is a group effort outside of Punk, and I think other than Roman and Lesnar right now, who cares with what's going on with WWE? Good you know, call, man. You know, I I I love Goldberg, but I I don't. Whoosh, boom, boom, boom. There he is. You know, Bill Goldberg. It's a shame just nobody's building a star anymore. There's not that dominant face of a company, and there hasn't been since Cena. Well said. All right. The last thing I'm going to tell everybody before we start doing the plugs is what would you like to see happen in the next month of wrestling? If you could just go ahead and wave your magic wand, what would you like to see happen? Either somebody get a push, someone's push to end, an angle that is going on to mercifully end or something that needs to start up again. I'm going to start off with uh, Mc, McFinger, Bang, Ball, Buster. Yeah, I don't know. Fredericks of Hollywood, man. What do you got? What would you like to see happen? It, it doesn't say that in my name, so you're going to have to reread it, but uh, that's fine. 
you're an educator. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to. I'd like to see. Uh, I. I'd just like to say this because I hear people saying, um, "Wrestling is the hottest it's ever been," and you can look at it two ways. As far as independence and payoffs and things like that, yeah, doing pretty good. But then at the by the other token, it's just like our last topic. Nobody like there isn't any big stars since Cena that people will stop you on the street and talk about. Okay, and there's the ratings are not what they were. Pay per view buys are not what they were. Attendance uh, with AEW is good, but I mean it's it's probably at the end of the honeymoon phase. I think they might start to drop a little bit, but we just need to kind of look at it in that respect. I just. I wanted to get that out there because I hear a lot of people saying that, and it's it's not as easy as just saying wrestling is the hottest it's ever been. I mean, no, you know, no. it's just that's just the way it is. All right, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Anton. Uh, what do you like to see happen? I just want to see the business continue to grow at this point because I enjoy pro wrestling and I enjoy when wrestling's good and not stagnant. And I also like when there's competition and there's an alternative just to watching WWE. So that's fantastic. Like, I religiously watched Impact, TNA, whatever, from, like, before it went on Spike and right after it went on Spike until it went to fucking Destination in America and then Pop TV and shit when they no longer had the Spike deal. So I support any product I can actually find that's an alternative. I'm more than fine with that. But at this point, no company is building fucking stars. Even when they bring back Rock or Cena, things only fluctuate for the moment. But also, I want to point out based on the last topic and this one, because it was the point I wanted to bring up. Look at the ratings when they went to Fox, dropped off right away. Ratings go up for AEW for certain shit, and then drop off right away. People don't watch fucking cable. Like, I have cable with my rent, and other than that, if I didn't have it included in my rent, I wouldn't have it. So, like, I turn it on to watch AEW on Wednesday and sometimes on Friday. Other than that, I don't use my cable. I just use the internet. And now I have Sling TV and TNT included in that, so I can on-demand whatever fucking Dynamite I want to watch. So, don't have to watch that live anymore. People watch TV differently. People have cut the fucking cord. Ratings and shit are no longer the fucking same whatsoever. And 90-some-odd percent of people are lapsed fans. My mom is a lapsed fan. Most of my cousins are lapsed fans. I am, depending on what the fuck's going on. So, it's... Not one thing, it's many. Wrestling hasn't been super hot since, what, 98, 99, 2000? You know, even when it gets good, we're never going to get back to it being that fucking good where mainstream America, your non-wrestling fans are watching wrestling again. I want it. Don't see it happening. Fair enough. Let's throw it to the ass man. Uh, Two things I'd love to see. uh, MJF keep... Uh, keep being the asshole that he is. Yes. I find it yes. entertaining as shit. <laughs> and um, Jack, the game lord, put up a great point. Hangman beats Kenny Omega. Uh, I think that'd be fantastic. Give Hangman his run. See what happens. And, and take it from there. If he shits the bed, hey, you gave it a try. I don't think that'll happen, though. I think he'll take it and run with it. I like it. Ritster? What would you like to see happen, my friend? Well, I'm going to have to say, well, first I want to throw a little shout out. Masha Slamovich, fucking hell of a match. 
he had <laughs> with Yana Peraza. Perazzo. Perazzo, Perazzo. But you were, stay, you are such a dad. You are in dad mode right now. Hey, I'll hey. tell you what, that girl, great fucking kid. So proud of her. Hey, hey Freeland, yeah. once, they're, once they're on the show, they become a part of No, they're, they're part of the family. They're absolutely yes. part of the family, yes. And staying with the impact, I want to see Josh Alexander take the title from uh, Cage. That has to happen. That has to happen without a shadow of a doubt. That 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 that's my hot take right there. That bound for glory is gonna. The whole show is gonna be great. Agreed. You know what? We may be talking to Isaac right now, and he knows something, and he's not telling us that he's gonna make some surprise appearance, and he's just all playing us right now. We wouldn't even know. We wouldn't even know. Well, I. We all know since he's afraid of heights that he's not going for no X division. <laughs> no, no, I'm not afraid of heights or ladders, but the way the ring's built, I'm not trying to be on a ladder in a ring. Like, I don't it needs you. to be on concrete, even ground, you know, for me to be that high on a ladder. Isaac, what would you like to see happen right now from a fan perspective? So, so take your, your professional hat off, put your fan hat on. What would you like to see happen? Two, can I say two? Because they're tied. Whatever you want. All right. One. I want Willow the Wisp to have a one-year title run in WWE. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the next thing is, actually, I don't want to see, as a fan, I don't want to see Adam Page be the person and not Kenny Omega off. I want it to be Sammy Callahan. Whoa. I accept that. Thing. That's not me like being a creative writer or anything. I just, as a fan, I want to see... Callahan with the Impact and the AEW title. Good interesting. Call. I'm all right with that. That would be very, very interesting. Well, hey, Freeland, what about you? Well, I'm just the host. I, I just I just pass the ball uh, around. I hey, let you guys do right. the talking. Well, hey, if, My, if, I, if I get a plan B, I'd I like uh, to see this podcast uh, continue to grow. control? Huh? <laughs> You want to see this? Shut up. Be quiet. Go on birth control. You're a dirty Q-tip. Shut your mouth. Um, what would I like to see? Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Danny Moe appear on the show. Let's uh, let's send some love to Danny Moe, who uh, is actually appearing in AEW. Very happy with that. But you know what? There's something big coming up here. Let me show you this on my phone. You see this right here? No. It's called Traditions. This is going to be awesome. PPW's next big show is going to be happening on Saturday night, November the 13th. Um, it's going to be associated with Fight as well. It's going to be a great card. A lot of the information is still uh, coming forward. You're not going to be able to miss it. It's coming from the Signature Training Academy um, in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania. I'm sure the writ will be there. Yeah, we'll see. Shut up. Shut up. We're not going to see. You know you're going to be there. Uh, uh, I'll be there so I can slap Isaac Rule around. Oh, <laughs> wow. That. Mm-hmm. that I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see Isaac that. And I'm anorexic, too. So good luck with that. Chop the shit out of him, Isaac. Oh, oh really I, lay it in. I, lay I, it in. I will, I'll I'll even that. Like the hand first. I'll pay you for it. I'll pay you for it. <laughs> for the longest I, time... I always thought when they would do the chop, it was the back of the hands or no. the knuckles, like wham. I always thought that's what it was. 
Fucking Mark. Hey, boom. Uh, I would rather take a chop this way than an overhand chop any day of the week. Do you want to take one from Walter? <laughs> think about it. Here's what we need to do. I think during intermission, when everyone's getting their snacky, snacky, and drinky, drinky, we're going to roll you in the ring, and we're going to see how many chops you can take from Isaac. Well, Bef- let's, before let's you see. say mercy. Before you say mercy. Let's see here. Hold on a minute. I'm trying to picture it. It was 2011. That was nine years ago, so I was 30. 2011, yeah. nine years ago. Your match Ten. is fucking bad. No, as no, no, no. <laughs> 2011, nine years ago, because it, my birthday. It was on my birthday when I had a show. And needless to say, you don't ever sit there and tell uh, wrestlers when their birthdays are because I got chopped that many times. It was most the most horrible experience I've ever had. I had welt marks on me for, for weeks. So would you do it? From him? Yeah. Yeah. He's a big baby. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, it's going to hurt more now. I tell yeah, you what. He's, he's real tough in, when we're hey. via Zoom. Hey, hey. Rule number Play one. As long as I'm out there with the crowd, he ain't coming out. So. Oh, for that, I'll, I'll break every rule. <laughs> I will come out for that. Oh, no, man. if the border Ooh. opens, I drive down to see somebody slap the shit out of you. I'll be there with you. Yep. Isaac, there we go. What we do is during I'll intermission, we will charge people to watch you chop me. I'll pay that too. We, yeah. We, we, we could probably set a little side business. I, you know what I think they should do? I think they should do a charity event where fans can like come up and you're just like right here. And for five dollars, they can just paintbrush you as hard as they want, and five dollars goes to charity. They could do it like in the old ECW arena days, where the fans would bring the weapons, and then you know, like say Tommy Dreamer would take a weapon and just beat the shit out of Raven with it or something. So you could get creative, you know. This, there this could be lots work. of stuff, you know, stuff that would really hurt. Mikey Whitbrick and the Nintendo. The yeah. Nintendo, jeez, oh, Pete's. Really quick, the guy from the hotel with the ice machine. Oh, uh, hell. what was what was up with him? He was in the hotel. He <laughs> has. A, he was. That here. was months ago. His kid Jim went McMahon? to bed. His kid went to bed. What was his name? Who in the chat can remind me? Jim McMahon, Jim but he's Anthony Jim McMahon. Means. Jim McMahon, the quarterback for the, uh, the Chicago Bears. Sure. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd like to personally thank everybody who's come in and joined us uh, tonight. I'm going to give some shout-outs here. So, Mitchie Blaze, thank you so very much. EC Dub fan, thank you very much. Uh, Jack, Jack the Game Jack Lord. Jack the Game Lord. Uh, thank you, Mikey Whipwreck, for making an appearance as well. Liam Savage, Mitchie Blaze, uh, uh, Anton, yep, uh, me. Uh, <laughs> Boog. Oh, yes. Boog. Boog as well. Uh, baby, so, let's, let's go face. ahead to the plugs here. Uh, Anton, what do you got to talk about? What do you want to plug? Uh, I'm currently on sabbatical from all music projects, even though I have like six tracks to mix. Uh, making beats every day still, even though I have way too much fucking going on. Life's really good, even though I'm very sleep deprived for the next month. <laughs> well, we hope that your health is going well, my friend. And if people yeah. do want to get a hold of you for a quote for music tracks or beats or anything like that, uh, what's the deets on that? Either Anton Heidnick on Twitter. I feel rotten on Instagram with the Phil being P H I L. Same thing on both at Gmail. If you need me, hit me up or fucking hit me up on here and then you can get up. We'll figure out how for you to get a hold of me. 
Perfect. Uh, let's go to Ass Man. You're always making stuff in your woodworking shop. What's the latest project? Uh, latest project is I'm uh, sponsoring uh, kindergarten classes in my waste school. I'm doing uh, 93 wooden toys for the children for Christmas. He's serious. What's so funny about that? I'm dead serious. Yeah, no, he's being real. Like, are you, he's are you getting nice? Are you getting comped? Nope. This is out of my pocket. Is well, it every project out of your pocket? No, that uh, last project, he, he made bank. Yeah, that bank's gone. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did good on that to, last to, one. To, two power tools later, and it's gone. You made, you made like, uh, you made like, what do they call Infant chew toys out of wood, didn't you? Or something like no, that? No, I tried that. I didn't like that. It, it was too much aggravation for what I was going to get paid, so I said the hell with it. There you go. That lacquer gives him headaches. Uh, let's throw them over. Kids, I don't give a fuck. Let's, oh my god let's go ahead and throw it over to the canadian man or the police are looking for him what are you up to what's going on what's going to happen all the details about you i don't know uh i guess uh i've got stuff going on on my youtube page and i've set up a bunch of stuff to premiere through the next week and a half so look for that i finally got around that uh whole uh video that had uh adam copeland before he was in the ring what was his, um, on what that was talk his show. original name? Sexton Hardcastle. Oh, Sexton Hardcastle. Yeah. Sexton Hardcastle. Yeah. Very nice. So I've got I've got that coming up and some other shit that no country, uh, but sorry, no country. Makes me sad. Yep. For old men. Well, listen hey. to sad music. That's what you got. Uh, you anyways, uh, what? That's not country. You put up Almond Brothers. That's not country, but it's fucking close. It's Southern Rock, which is fucking amazing, and I love Southern Rock. So. Me too. I live in Kentucky. Hey. What do you expect? Yeah, you look it, so. Wow. <laughs> okay. Right here. Right here. Uh, I don't know. Find me on Twitter <laughs> if you want. If not, I don't give a fuck because I, I broke over 100 followers, but like I said before, they're all porn bots now, it seems. So. Does it matter? A follow is a follow. Well, it, it does to me because it's like, you know, I can only see so many, you know, Russian porn bots with a fucking PayPal address and think it's legit. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not. Okay, so fuck. Uh, so if anybody legit actually wants to follow me on there, please do it because you know what? I need to shed this whole fucking stigma. I don't know how it got there, but I don't know. Anyways, uh, fuck my life. Uh, whoever's next, go ahead. <laughs> whoever's next. This is great. We're going to leave it to the champion right here. Isaac, go ahead and give as many plugs as you need. Talk about any products, where you can be seen, found, social media sites. All of that. All right. So Twitter's Isaac Rule, I S A K R U H L I screen. Instagram's the same thing. Um, Teespring, Isaac Rule for all my merch. Um, Beerstruggle.com, uh, Rule 15 for discount on quality beer products. Uh, November 13th, I will be at PPW Legends. And uh, that's it from me. Nice. Nicey, nice. It has been so much fun. Thank you so much for hanging around with us as well, and uh, hanging around for the panel. We're uh, we're an eclectic group. I'll tell you that much, guys. Well, we will definitely have you back uh, for Anton Heidnick, for the S Man, Mister Butt, for Rocky Balboner, aka Liam Savage, aka uh, Chris Jericho in Thirty More Years, aka Vince Russo Jr. AKA, no, no, I don't believe stop, in recycling. Stop. And stop. I'm, I'm doing the rundown. Oh, God. Yeah, you and, got the rundown, right? And A. 
I can't help it. I have IBS. And for the Rid, who's still not paying attention. I am Mike Freeland. Right, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material. Ritster, you want to hit the button or you want me to do it? <laughs>